So today I got to chop it up with Steve Petz. Steve is a young realtor at Realty One Group and host of his very own podcast, Mids Only. Steve dives into how he got into the business and why the people who surround him in his office have been so monumental in his success. He also talks about how his podcast is in addition to his business and how he's building the foundation for it to become something much larger than it is now. I love Steve's outlook on pairing his podcast with real estate, especially very early in the game, especially something that I'm doing as well. It's cool to see that somebody else is and having some great success at it. Steve and I's conversation goes just about every direction you can imagine. So I hope everybody enjoys it and especially takes some value from it. Dude, I love the setup. Like this is awesome. Yeah, eventually I'm gonna try and put together like a an actual studio. See, my setup like I use the office. I've been using the office because I just think the backdrop looks better yeah. than my than my apartment. And the lighting's a little funky in there. But I don't know. I feel like the office is for like the more professional guests. I and agree, then yeah. the apartment studio is for like the boys kicking yeah. in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that well that was kinda like with I feel like this one can pass as both. Like it's the home one. So like I can have people here. The only thing I get worried about is like inviting people over who are like, wait, am I going to your house? That's a little weird. Uh. Like you're the first person I had on that I just met and I'm like, How's that gonna go down? If I'm like, Hey, I've never met you before, you can pull up to my house. Yeah. People are like weirded out. Because I know people who would get weirded out by shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'd be like what's the worst gonna happen? What are be some gonna nerd on a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Like I've done some episodes with people. Like I did one with the student Mike, who I had never spoken to before until he showed up at my house. Dude, we chopped it up for like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was great. It was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It, like I get no problem. I mean, like I said, most of the people have either been here or like know me, so it's been cool. But yeah, I mean, eventually, like I'll put this. I want to rent a space somewhere. Mm. Like I don't know, Salem, Manch, something like that. Yeah. And I want to actually put together a whole studio. See, once I have a house, I would just dedicate an entire room to a, like a recording yeah. studio. Well, that's what I was believing. That's what I was going to do. When I, I bought that duplex, I was going to use the basement yep. as like a studio office. And like I ended up just flipping it and not staying in it. But I'm like, if I stayed in it, dude, <laughs> that, that thing, I would have been able to write off like 80% of that square footage. Wow. <laughs> like all the whole the whole place it it was like two bedrooms so one of the bedrooms had been an office the other one had been a studio mm-hmm. i just done shit like that man write-offs yeah dude see that, get into write-offs i right? need to start learning about that because being in real estate there's so much i don't know yeah. as a new agent like i feel like i'm i'm trying to learn how to swim still yeah and I, i've been doing it for a little while now but there's still so much you don't know yeah. something um Another agent that I go to the gym with, I forget his name. I think it's Matt. Um, something he told me was every deal's different. And it stuck with me. And it, it really resonated with me because every deal's different. It really is. Mm-hmm. The way you get the client, the way you service the client, how long you're following up with them for, maybe they follow up with you. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then when you get to the deal itself, whole new ball game. Yep. You know? Yeah, or, or, or clients sometimes like like I had clients that hit me up in the middle of our search and they're like, Hey, we're buying an investment property up in Maine. I'm like, okay, how, okay, cool. how are you funding this? <laughs> like we're going, um, conventional Cause, Well, our non owner occupied conventional. I think it was like a three unit. I'm like, well, there, there's my answer. <laughs> I'm like, I guess your search is over. They're like, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, awesome. Yeah. See, I, I followed up with someone today and they're like, Oh yeah, we got a rental. I'm like, 
cool. When's, when's your lease up? <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, we're going month to month. I'm like, smart move. Yeah. Smart move. I'll yeah. touch base with you again in the spring. Yeah. At least you can follow up. It's like not like a year goes by and it's no mm-hmm. point following up. And then you follow up in a year and they're like, oh yeah, we broke the lease or something. See, I try to get personal with my follow up too. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't want to be just the business guy slinging deals. Obviously I do want that because that means more money, but I, I want to build relationships with people, you know? Like I want to be able to work on just referrals someday because I've built up such good goodwill with so many people that they just they send their friends and family and coworkers to me, right. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like that that sphere. Like when you don't have the sphere, that's the age group that's going to be buying. Um, like I was just talking to Andrew about this the other day too. Like either you don't have the sphere because you're not they're not old enough. Yeah, like we're twenty. So yeah, we're exactly. Not have All my friends are in college right now. Right, they're not going to be buying for another four or five years, depending on what college they do, and mm-hmm. maybe even longer. But like, like same idea with, with Andrew, who's like whole families in real estate too. So he's like, my sphere is taken up by my yeah. established family. So you got to build your so own it's like sphere. You got to be build your own sphere. So like, that's, that's kind of like what it sounds like you're doing. It's uh-huh. just building your sphere of essentially strangers. Yeah. Turning them and into I mean, like I know a lot friends. of people from in town, from the bartending for so long. So yeah. I'm fortunate to have had that opportunity to like meet so many people in the city I live in and establish so many connections. But I think a lot of people get into it and they're like, they just think they're just going to start slinging deals. But no, 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 no. It doesn't no. work like that. It really doesn't. I a video today about that. It was um, like, you got to build the sphere. Yeah. You really you do. have to build it's the work. sphere. It's hard work. And, and you have to build like the systems because like sphere only works for so long. Uh-huh. You run out of people. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can keep actively networking, but like what's the point of financial freedom or freedom in general? time freedom if you're just married to every client you need to like make out of thin air Mm -hmm. like out of a conversation that goes on for a year before they even trust you as a friend let alone someone to represent them so it's like there there's a point in time where like you build that sphere that you tap into Mm -hmm. as a bloodline but at the same time you build your your um like like andrew's doing all he was telling me about all the zillow leads he's doing like you build that system huge zillow guy huge zillow guy like guys like josh who are putting all the the um signs up in the um, billboards mm-hmm. like on those he's seen different strategies different but they strategies. all work they all work and they it's all just a matter together. of getting leads into the business mm-hmm. yeah and it doesn't I, matter how yeah oh that brings up I, this is something i wanted to talk about so i uh you know alex hormozzi oh yeah I do. dude love his content so he put out a free course mm-hmm. uh and it's lead generation and he describes the core four there's four main strategies to lead generation. And then there's another four that's like for advanced, but I'll just go over the first four. So it's all about how you can tell people about the stuff you sell, mm-hmm. essentially. So there's one-to-one or one-to-many. It's a matrix. The first one-to-one is one-to-people you know. That's warm outreach. That's calling up your aunt. Hey, Cheryl, you got anybody at work that wants to buy or sell? Hey, you guys ready to sell that house yet? No? Okay. All right. Cool. Love you. Bye. See you at Christmas. Yeah. Um, I love my aunt Cheryl, by the way. She's a sweet. <laughs> oh, heart. this is a real person. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> nice. actually my aunt. Nice. Um, uh, and then the next one-to-one is cold outreach. So one to someone you don't know. That's cold calls, cold email, cold mail, cold text. That's me calling up a condo community. Speaking of which, that condo community I drove by coming in, I'm going to fucking call everyone there. Which one? I don't even know. Is it the single family one? Or I don't know. I just drove by buildings. it on that road. Those two buildings. Yeah. Oh, the two buildings. Yeah. yeah that's a 55 plus. 
Okay. All yeah. right. Now we're talking. Oh, yeah. See, I feel like I have an ability to build rapport pretty quickly with people. Yeah. And I can, I can, we can talk about yeah. that. Let me finish too. the quote yeah. for yeah. I'm getting off track, bro. I'm like a, I'm like that dog from up squirrel, squirrel, <laughs> squirrel. Um, and then, okay. And then, so that's one-to-one warm and cold outreach. Then you got one to many and there's two forms of that. There's organic content, which is social media marketing. That's podcasts like we're doing right now. That's organic. Um, that's posting clips. That's education content, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, doesn't matter. Organic content. Then there's another form of one to many paid ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, TikTok ads, doesn't matter. So th- that's the core four that he covers and he goes in depth on those. And I, I, it's a free course. You can look it up right now. Alex is, it, is it a course or is it like his, um, his reading on his podcast channel? Um, cause like he went over those, like he read his hundred, hundred million dollar leads yep. book and he'd made it in, uh, into an audio book and put it on po- Apple podcast. I don't know. It's probably the same thing yeah, it's to probably be honest the same with thing. you, but, but I watched that. I took so much away from it and immediately implemented it into my business. And that's cool that you did that because like, I found it tough, like full transparency. I found it tough. Like I love what Hermosi says, but like, I feel like we're, we're in the same business, but the opposite. Because like, instead of trying to sell a product, we're trying to get somebody to sell their product. And mm. I'm on the investor side. So I'm trying to get someone to sell their product to me. So it's like, it's, it's, it's reverse sales in mm. a way. It's the same concept, but it's like, I'm not trying to get somebody to add something to their life. I'm trying to get them to remove it. Mm. And how do I get these people to remove Flip something? side of that coin though, you are adding something to your, to their life a big old deposit into their bank account. That's true. You know, that's true. I mean, whatever way you slice it, sales is sales. It's simple. Right. Right. Simple. And that's why I'm saying like, I like the way that you kind of implemented it because it, I looked at it in like the reverse way and it was like kind of screwing me all up. But yeah, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, just because I'm taking, yeah, I guess the reverse side of that for normal sales is I'm taking money from you and giving you a product mm. versus taking a product and giving you money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward. Okay. It's a lot more long term though, real estate sales compared yeah. to I don't know you're doing lawn care. That's a completely different ball game. That's like right. Yeah, I don't know if that, that might be a bad example, but well, that's like a or that's selling a, toothbrushes just to throw yeah. something out there. Right. Like, boom, sale done. Or like e-commerce, it's quick, quick, quick. Right. But real estate takes months. Oh yeah. You know, like for one, there's lead. no instant gratification. No, I mean I'm in a course right now. It's an investor course and and a lead gen investor course, and they talk about like your conversion cycle on just direct mail. Mm-hmm. That's like nine and a half months on yeah, direct mail. Crazy. And like, that's not even specifically saying it's one follow-up of direct mail. That could be five. That could be 10. Like the average cost per, per acquisition in, um, in like the investment space is like anywhere from three to five grand. It's crazy uh, uh, per acquisition. It's but like, when you think about the commission you could get off that one lead, though, it makes right. up for it. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, the, and that's what I mean. So it truly takes money to make money mm-hmm. in this business. Like no matter what part of the business you're in, it's one of the most expensive ways to make money. That's why we're paid some of the best mm. on the planet. Like you might have to spend freaking four grand a month on Zillow yeah. to get those leads to well, convert. Them. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, or you might have to spend a thousand dollars a month on facebook ads mm-hmm. just to get high quality leads into your pipeline yeah like you said it costs money to make money yeah it's like i said i'm starting to realize how expensive it is mm-hmm. i just sent out like 
between two different companies, I sent out 5,000 mailers. Mm -hmm. And I'm just looking at the, the invoices. I'm like, it's not about what it costs, what it makes. Not <laughs> yes, about what it costs, what it makes. But See, like, it's tough in the beginning mm -hmm. looking at that. And when we were talking about the sphere, that's why it's so important to build mm -hmm. and nurture your sphere from the beginning. So when you get established, the leads are just coming in. The phone's ringing, as Pete, my broker, would say. Right. Like the phone just rings at a mm -hmm. certain point. It rings and, and like it's free. Yeah. Maybe cost you a dinner. Yeah, you're not paying a referral fee on it. Mm -hmm. You're not spending thousands of dollars a month to some agency or referral partner. Right. Like that's that's just Susie down the street sending you an easy layup. Right. Her daughter. There you go. Like I wish I had that in this neighborhood, but we got we got those those two next door, they're agents. Yeah. They're, they're building. I mean, it's a nice agents. neighborhood. So. Yeah. So like, it's like anyone who lists in this neighborhood goes right up to yeah. the house. I'm like, damn it. Dude. It's tough. I mean, like, you throw can, me a bone or something. Come yeah. On. See, it's tough to convince someone like as a young dude that you're capable of doing this. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to kind of lean on the fact that you're young, you're a hustler. You're going to work harder than all the other agents that have been doing it for a long time. Maybe, you, 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 I hate to give up the commission, but say, hey, maybe I'll do it for half a percent less than they're doing. Right. But yeah, you don't so, want to yeah. race to the bottom, though, you know? No, no, exactly. I mean, you don't want to. Because you, you got to value yourself. yourself. Sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. You don't want to come off as desperate either. Like, uh -huh. hey, I'll do this for 1%. It's like, why? I get you're young, but like, why discount yourself that much? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's that fine line between working with people who have some, some skepticism and saying, okay, well, in return, I'll cut a half percent off versus cutting too much off and them saying you're not valuing yourself enough. You're not as confident as I'd hope you to mm -hmm. be. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it just all and in see, all, I've made that mistake too. Like you have one of the first listing leads I got, I'm like, boom, 4%. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> but like in looking back, maybe I should have been started at five. Right. You know? So right. it's tough. Right. So where were you saying something? I think I cut you off. No, no, I, that was probably a dead end anyways. Okay, beautiful. But what I was going to say is you're no longer Vodka Steve is what I Yeah, hear. man, I don't work at the bar anymore. So that's that's new. That's like the last couple of weeks, right? Uh, yeah, probably a month, 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 month and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a long list of reasons why. I don't really want to get into that. But. Okay. <laughs> but you closed some deals, so we'll talk about that. Yeah, so I had my first closing last week. Congrats, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited, brother. Yeah. I, like, I, I want to pursue this full time now and make the most out of it because that's the way i do things i, I don't go in half-ass i'm all in all the right. time and i bring bring the energy bring the confidence to everything and you're at I the do. right right brokerage for that oh my god it's a brotherhood yeah those boys have taught me so much yeah and my mentor chelsea too unbelievable like i would not be able to do the things i'm doing now without the support systems i have in place right like those people i i owe my business to them yeah. i really do yeah it it like anyone because i had um i had case on too yep and was like I've, I've had a bunch of the boys from that that office on and we talk about the same thing every time and it's it's like it's still fascinating to me because like you guys are lucky like super lucky to have that sphere mm -hmm. like just within the office like you know it's it's i don't want to say it's like a frat like i we said that last <laughs> week it's not a frat in the bad way but it's like the connections that you boys have with each other mm -hmm. is like like fraternity. It's brothers. a brotherhood. Yeah, it really is, and it's funny to we, see. And we too. we motivate each other. We we motivate each other to be better. 
it's 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 a competition almost yeah and there's no bad blood we all just want to see each other win it's that simple right right it's it's funny because you all kind of compete in the same markets too exactly yeah so it's like you know I like, like andrew's that- coming into josh or yeah, yeah. Andrew's coming into Josh's Zillow area or whatever it is. Yeah, like it's it's friendly. Yeah, you're like cre- yeah, yeah. You're creeping on each other's mm-hmm. like ad spend or whatever. But it's funny. Yeah, it's funny because it's like, you, you all compete in the same area. There's more than enough business to go on. Yep. In that area, but it's it's also like, it's sort of helpful. And I say this because I've I've heard entrepreneurs talk about this. Like they they wish that there was no competition. They wish that they were the only business in the area that did what they did. And I'm like. Okay, now you're trying to convince people why they should why they should pursue your business versus which business should they pursue. Instead of giving them an option of which one should they choose, you're trying to convince people like in our in our area, you're trying to convince people to sell, right? Versus mm-hmm. who do you want to sell with? You're better off giving them the option who do you want to sell with versus do you want to sell to me or not? So what I mean by that is like if people see, if people are looking to sell and they're looking online, looking on Zillow, look, just looking for an agent and they see like five or six guys all from Realty One Group, now they have the option in their mind. It's not, it's not, do I want to go with Realty One Group? It's which agent do I want to go to through Realty One Group? Now that's a fascinating point you just made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, and it's almost like why gas stations open up next to each other. Right. Kind of the same principle. Same idea. You know? Same idea. It's so, like, oh, this is the spot to get gas. Right. Exactly. It's like, it's like, which one do you want? And, and that's why, like, you see gas stations, it's like th- a three cent difference. And that's just them going back and forth, like like the friendly banter you were talking about. Uh-huh. And I, so I, I look at it like the same idea. It's like, if I'm looking up agents in Manchester, a few of you are bound to pop up. Yeah. Because there's just so many. There's so many younger guys. In the, and the reason I say that, too, is because you're all using the same lead gens, mm-hmm. which, are, which is the, the modern-day technological lead generation. So you're bound to show up on Google, multiple of you. So that, that's what I think is cool too. Like you're all the same, like Realty One brand logo. Mm. And so I think that gives you an upper hand as well. I mean, I want the competition too. Yeah. I don't want to be the only guy. Mm-hmm. I want people motivating me, me to be better. Right. I mean, I'm kind of the young, the young guy out of the group and I feel like it motivates them to be better because they see me and I'm right on their heels. Right. And they know that. Right. So, and yeah. then when the next person comes in, I know they're going to be on my heels and mm-hmm. that's going to put my ass in gear. Right. Like you, you, it's like, it's fun for a little bit. I think being the new guy or the young guy, uh-huh. and then eventually, eventually that ends that tenure's done. And there's somebody else who's like, who's got the new spotlight. And it's, it's a matter of like maintaining and like using them now as the barometer of competition. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I was listening to, to one of your, um, one of your podcasts and you were kind of, you guys were talking about competition. It might've been with Josh. I can't remember who it was with, but I've done so many, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm like scrolling through. I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be a few months before I hit. What are you at 30 now or something? 27, 27. I've been trying to decide if I can count this as one all day. Well, you'll get all the footage. Yeah. If you want, I think it counts, bro. I think it's only absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Brand it yourself. I mean, (laughs) that will be up there. Like you'll see the unestablished tycoons, but yeah. Yeah. Take this one. Yeah, that's that's a battle I've been having all day. What is if you can? Yeah, if well, if this counts, I don't know. I think it does. I think it does. I, I don't know. I, I mean, unless you want to have me at the studio and then we'll do one for yours, it's up to you. Or we'll just run it back and post it on both again. I'm I'm with that too. Yeah, I'm with that too. Because I I genuinely love sitting in this room and just dude, podcasting is so fun. So I love fun. it, man. Yeah. I love it. So it's, what made you start it? 
I've gotten that question before. And to be honest with you, I don't really know why I started it. Like I, I, I told you before we started recording, I draw, draw a lot of my inspiration from Joe Rogan. I've always been a big fan of him. Um, I, I was I was doing a lot of TikTok at the time when I started it. I was just literally just throwing up clips of myself speaking. And I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. And then I was like, let's start a podcast. So I just did it. I just recorded the first one with my buddy Kyle just for shits and giggles. It was fun. I liked it. I was like, okay, let's do another. Let's do another. Starts to get a little more traction. People are hitting me up. They're like, yo, let me get on. Let me get on. And I'm like, okay, this can be a thing. Yeah. And where I'm at now with it, it's, I want it to be a part of my lead generation strategy. I want it to be an essential element of the business mm -hmm. because we, when I first started at Realty One Group, they were doing this training with a, it was a Ryan Serhant course. He's like a big time real estate guy yeah, in New yeah. York. Um, and he says, your brand is real estate and X. So boom, light bulb goes off in my head, real estate and podcasting mm -hmm. because you can't just be blabbing on about real estate all day every day people are going to get bored right but the podcast that's the x factor yeah because you can bring in variety to that and that's something i do through my guests i'm the real estate guy i want that i want to keep that presence i want to stay top of mind with people but if i'm having an interesting conversation with someone who you might be interested in oh maybe now we pay attention to steve Right. You know, you see what I'm right. saying? Well, it, yeah, exactly. And like, it, whether it's like direct lead gen or it's building a foundation, because it's like you were talking about how we're kind of on the same wavelength. That's exactly why I started it too. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm, I want it to be a foundation that I build over time. So it builds up social time, proof. That Social proof is, is the term yeah. I always use. I say, I want, I want to be able to direct people to my website. I want to be able to direct people to my Instagram, my podcast, my YouTube channel. I want to be able to direct people because... I'm not a natural sales guy, mm -hmm. not not in the least. I'm an analytical guy. I'm, I have no sales bone in my body. I can turn it on if I need to, <laughs> but like it's not natural to me. So I I think that like for myself, it's better if I'm instead of trying to turn on the sales factor when I'm talking to people, mm -hmm. I could just direct them to the social proof instead of telling them about it. Yeah, and that's sort of the idea behind this too. And I just I I love what you do because like you loosen it up a lot. You, you talk to people it's about mids what, only, baby. it's mids only. You talk to them about That's what it's all about, dude. It's like, the, the I've name's had... so funny too. I know I can't ever change it. I can't, <laughs> I don't care what people think, but like, I just, at this point I've had such a wide variety of guests on and I want to continue expanding into as many different areas as I can. Yeah. You know, like I've had, I've had my buddies on, we just chop it up. I've had real estate people on. I've had this girl, Sophie, who does radio, I've had professional athlete, Trevor Knight. He was my most recent one, played in the CFL. Yeah, I listened to that one. That was good. Yeah, Trevor's a great guy. Yeah, I've had – I had Jermaine on. Dude spent 27 years in prison. Crazy life story. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I had to listen to that one. Dude, he comes over to my place and just, like, tells me his life story, and I'm just fascinated. Yeah. That's one of those where you're just like – it's like a Steve Bartlett one. You're just like – Okay, I'm just going to listen this entire yeah. time. So you got to ask the right questions, let them go, let them speak. Yeah. And just boom. It's magic. Yeah. I think the podcast though, it's such a such a unique medium, you know? It's like it's raw. It's about as close as you can get to a live stream and it's it's just real. Yeah. You know? There's no, there's not many edits. It's just sitting back talking.
No, no, it's like it's it's bringing like audio up to line. That's mm-hmm. just about it. Like, I have I don't know if you've noticed it though. Like, I'm a perfectionist when I edit. So like when I go through, like I'll spend hours and hours, like waste hours and hours on a clip. <laughs> Me too. Like Me a, too. Like sitting there, like playing with the exposure, playing with the playing with the tint, and I'm like. I go crazy over it because I'm like, this needs to be perfect. This needs to be perfect. And then it never comes out perfect. It never like, does. Never. Ever. Never. And at a certain point, you just got to be like, okay, it's good enough. Well, because I just go. Otherwise, to, you're going to waste too much time. That's you know? what I mean. And I'm like, okay, I got to remember, I love podcasting, but I'm a real estate guy. Yeah. I can't waste all my yes. time trying to perfect this one clip. Because it, it doesn't necessarily always generate sales. No. It's like, a, it's like, it's a, it's a part of the lead gen model. It's yeah. You're it's doing not. It it's now. not the business. No. It, it it's like it's like the ad spend that you're not going to see for nine months. And, and in yes. this case, it, it's it's the time and effort that you put into it that you know it's not going to yield you any results for probably a couple of years. Yeah. Like, exactly. In, in all reality, like I don't expect this podcast to yield me any results for another three years. Yeah. I don't think I've gotten a single client from my podcast to this no. point, and I'm totally fine with that. Right. But imagine three, four years from now, some client gets introduced to my content. And they say, wow, episode 100? Right. This dude's talked to all these different people. He must be a great guy. Yeah, right. I want to work with him. It's social proof. I didn't even think about it from that point of view. I thought about the content of it, not uh-huh. even just the, the fact See, that's that you have enough, enough conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The content. Right. Well, it's the huge. content too. And like, especially if they see somebody they know, like if it's yeah. like local and they're like, like, like for instance, Joe Farrow. Do you know Joe Farrell? I don't. I don't think I'm familiar. So he's the owner of Tuscan Kitchen. He's building all the Tuscan. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. So like, if I had like someone like Joe Farrell on, everyone in this area knows him. So like, people go on and be like, "Holy shit, he had Joe Farrell on." Yeah, that's that's how I'm trying to be. Yeah, yeah. Like you have that those couple of like Mm -hmm. like guests that are just local local heroes. You know what I mean? So like like Trevor was a good example because I went I went to the practice field for my old football team. Like actually, like the day after I posted that one, really, and all the kids are like, "Mids only, mids only, mids only." <laughs> yeah, Trevor, on. I'm like, "Yeah, man, yeah, I did." That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So you're from Match? You grew up there? No. No. Mer- Merrimack. Merrimack. Okay. So when did you move to Match? I moved out when I was 19. Okay. But you didn't go to college. One year. One year. Dropped out to chase my dreams, there baby. There we go. There we go, baby. Had to. So where'd you go? Snow. You went to Snow. Yeah. Okay, that makes I was sense. A great student. I, I mean, I've always loved school. I'm a lifelong student. Always will yeah. be. You can always be improving, reiterating on your game. Yeah. Education never stops. Firm believer in that. Yeah, it's like, it, it, like, like that's why I'm doing the courses now, too. I'm mm-hmm. like, I just, I couldn't sit in a classroom, but I can certainly learn something that I like. Yeah. So, but yeah, so you, you dropped out. I love that because you're going to be a story one day. Just, yeah. just like all the rest of the dropout stories that right, end up bro. turning good. And um was that like a at the time was it a ballsy move or was it like i know that this isn't what needs to happen it's, i'm not i'm not worried see i feel like i knew i was gonna drop out before i even went <laughs> like straight up i i don't know because covid hit like 20 20 i was a junior no yeah junior and i don't know just kind of changed my mentality on a lot of things i started consuming different content started getting exposed more to entrepreneurship and I realized that it's accessible to me. And I mean, I kind of feel like I went just to make mama happy. I hate saying I that, too. Yeah, but I, too. I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I, I 
kind of knew it was going to happen before I went. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. When I was there, put all the effort in the world in. So I do things all in all the time. Right. Like if I'm going to be in the classroom, I'm going to get the most out of it. Right. I don't care if it's friggin' biology. I'm going to learn that shit. Let's learn about the cells. That, that's fascinating. Like there's very few people I know who, are, who could just like sit there regardless and dedicate themselves to just learning the concept versus I like the concept or I don't like the concept. Mm-hmm. It's easy to shut off. But as uh, this dude I follow on Twitter says, his name's David. I've said this before on podcasts. All information is good information. All information allows you to make better informed decisions. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, um, like the, the trivia people who are just like insane at trivia. I feel like, I feel like this is just a trend with them. Like people who have random knowledge mm. end up also making more logical decisions. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I thought you about that. You just have a, a larger set of sample or a larger sample set of data to draw from. Right. Draw from. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I, um, I was just kind of the same thing. I did snoo, but I did it online. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I went for like two months, three months. Not, I didn't even see. I did. I did a full year. Yeah. But I just know. I just know. What, what was your parents like infatuation with you going? No, I don't know if they necessarily had an infatuation. I feel like they just wanted me to at least see it through. Okay. You know, like see see what it would be like. Okay. Kind so more of the experience of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because my parents were like kind of the opposite. They were like. Well, not my dad, my mom. And she was like, like she didn't get to go to college. And mm-hmm. she was still under the impression that the only way you make a dollar in this world is by going to college. And she's like, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go. I'm like, it could not be further from the truth. could not be further. And we had like legitimate blowouts over it for wow. a couple of years. And it, it got to the point where I, I made a deal with her. I'm like, once I buy my first house, I get to drop out. <laughs> fair? She's like, all right, fair. Wow. And so I worked full time, like right out of high school, but I did the snoo online. Mm-hmm. I did it for one semester, bought the house, and I was like, hey. Hey, it works. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, funny. That was one of the best days. I was like, I still haven't opened that email. I, I used to get the Outlook emails every day. It's like, hey, Tyler, you still signing up? Still signing up? I'm <laughs> like, no chance. Wow. No chance. I, I think I did get some stuff out of it, though. I'm sure. And I even look back now, and I, I was saying it today to my mother. I'm like, like, yeah, I would have learned – whatever we were talking about earlier. I'm like, I definitely would have learned – we were talking about economics, uh-huh. micro and macro. Um, and she was like, I wish I had paid more attention to it in high school. And I'm like, honestly, I, that's something I wish that I had learned yeah. like, in a college setting. But it's like, you know, you win some, you lose some. It's, it's not a time suck, though. See, the time, right. the time I was spending there wasn't worth it to me. Well, that's, that, was, that was it for me, too. I'm like, it's not that I don't want to go to college yeah. and experience it, but it's like – if what's a better use of my time exactly and then like not only am i wasting time there i mean i don't want to say wasting you still get something out of it but wasting in terms of like what my craft is going to end up being wasting precious time there at the same time as drilling myself into an unnecessary amount of debt mm. i was like if you if you were going to pay cash for my college all four years then maybe but- see i that's part of the reason too i went is because i had a scholarship that was a decent chunk of change yeah so i was like okay let's go let's use that that, so, that's worth it. That's yeah. definitely worth it for people. It's free money. It's it's free, it's free education. It is. At that point. Or, or a segment of free education. And maybe had I not gone, I wouldn't be on the path I am today. I, yeah, know? I completely agree. I think every, like, like it's cliche, but tr- like seriously, every single thing happens for a reason. It has its place. And like, there's a reason why you went. There's also a reason why like people are removed from your life. There's that concept too, where, where it's like people enter your life only to leave it for a specific reason it's the same idea it's like you enter college only to leave it for a specific reason mm. like it needs to push you over the edge enough 
Like that's what that's how even how I look at some negative situations. I look at it like I needed this push over the edge. I needed it to get this bad to push me over the edge to get fed up with whatever it is that I've been doing to get to the point where I need to go in the other direction. That's why I don't bartend anymore. Okay. Kind of the same idea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Came I, to a point. Yeah. Well, it came to a point and that's the thing. It's, it's not like it was good until it wasn't. It was good until it, it had no purpose. It mm-hmm. was good until it, it was, you know, da- more damaging than it was good. I like how, whatever situation it is, but I'm, I'm happy to see that you're kind of pushing full time now. I, I haven't, I mean, I'm still working full time too, mm-hmm. so you're a step ahead of me. See, oh, I don't, I don't think so, man. I don't have any houses. Well, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, because you sold them. I sold them. <laughs> I've never bought one though, so. But oh, um, you transacted them. That's good. Yeah. No, like, like I said though, I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah. I want to see this through. I'm willing to grind for years to come. Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's the isolation period of of business. It, it's. The reason they call it a lonely game is because you put your head down and, like, you seriously need to let go of every distraction. When people say, like, let go of distractions, everyone looks at distractions as bad. Mm -hmm. And I don't think distractions are necessarily a bad thing. I think that it's it's Mm. depends on, like, what – so this is, like, a kind of a a rough concept. But, like, distractions in and of themselves are not a bad thing. Now, what it's – what it's taking away from and to the level in which it takes away from that whatever you're pursuing that's where it becomes good or bad so i think it's like this idea of you need to cut out all distractions as an entrepreneur it's it's a legitimate truth and what people don't understand is that's where the loneliness comes into Mm. play because the distractions aren't like i said they're not bad things they're just other avenues of pleasure yeah. Right. It's it like could you be get a girlfriend. To, could be a girlfriend. It, it could be it could be like scrolling through Instagram. It yeah. could be anything. It, it for some people it could be going to the point. bar and like that's a distraction. So, and it's imperative that you don't do those things when you're an entrepreneur trying to build and isolate yourself to put your head down and grind. But at the same time, there's a reason why it's entrepreneurs are also the loneliest people in the world. It's because they don't allow themselves to be distracted by these these guilty pleasures mm-hmm. that bring them variation in life. And that's what I've noticed is ever since, like, I've just started cutting off groups of people. I've started cutting off um, just, like, various adventures where you just kind of go out and, and dick off for a day or something. Yeah. Like, you don't you do not do those things anymore. You regiment yourself. You put yourself mm-hmm. on a schedule. And it's great because it's bringing you closer to your goal. But you need to be damn sure that that goal is going to happen. Like, that, that's where that confidence, that blind faith comes into play because if you don't have that – it's going to be next to impossible to push through that lack of any sort of pleasure. It's beautiful. You know, it's about sacrifices. It, it, that's what it comes down to. And that's, that sounds like what you're kind of getting into your phase of your life is mm. where you're like head down, like just grind. Yeah. You got to have balance though too. You know, you do. Otherwise you do. you're going to burn out. I, I, I agree. I agree. Like I, I don't know. I'm like half and half on that because I, I see the point in having balance, but I also think there's a, I think of balance on a grander scale. So instead of like a day-to-day balance or a week-to-week balance, I look at it on like a like decade to decade. decade, to decade. Yeah, it's, that it's makes like, sense. You work hard now so you can enjoy exactly, your 30s. Exactly. So yeah. like, I don't see my, like, I don't see myself like this side is so heavy because I see the side of myself at 30 being so heavy in the lifestyle area. 
So the the scale I'm you. working oh. on is is wider, but you know th- there is something to be said for having day to day balance. Like I go to the gym, and I know a lot of people laugh at me for that. Like, what do you do for a hobby? I, say, I go to the gym. What do you do for fun? I go to the gym. <laughs> it's not like like the gym for me is not like a shit. I gotta go to the gym. It's I get to go to the gym. Yes. Like, like when do you go? In the morning? I used to. Now I go at like nine or ten at night. PM. Yeah, but I used to go at like four. Oh, you're in the crazy. Morning. I used bro. to get up at three thirty and go and be there. For See, my hours. my new regiment is like six six thirty. Wake up, gym, office. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I like starting with the morning. I feel like it gets me right for the day. You know. In an ideal world, I would hit cardio in the morning. I'd work all day and then I'd get a lift at night because yep. I feel better lifting at night. But I think cardio is necessary to start your day, and I don't start with cardio. Like, I, or I don't like I don't start my days with cardio. Oh, just to get the heart pumping. Yeah. Like make you feel alive again. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's the type of time I'd be on. It's just it's just like an hour bike in the morning, and then but you know it it's just tough. Like I don't, you know, no I know I know I beat the hell out of this, but like between working full time and and my other my business on the side, it's like. It's like 18 hours a day, so there's no time. Like, you barely get enough sleep to keep going physically. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> let alone eat. Bro. Let alone eat. Like, and so it's like, it's like, dude, there's only a certain amount of like physical exertion your body can put out on five or six hours of sleep every day with like little to no food. So it's like, okay, if I add cardio into this now, I'm getting four hours of sleep and I'm still barely eating. See, that's just not a sustainable model. It's, it's, you know? it's not for the long term. Yeah. But like, maybe you could do it for a week. But can you do it for a year? Probably not. You're going to burn out. I've been doing it for a while. Crazy motherfucker. We've been doing it for some months now. It, but, but it, you know, it's also like... It's, See, I got to rest, bro. I got to rest. Otherwise, the next day is shot. Well, like the weekends, I kind of... Because I, I don't do volume. Like, I know weekends for agents are like, that's your, that's yeah. your, your hot, hot point. That's when the phone's blowing up. That's when up. the phone's blowing up. That's when the showings are going. For me, it's not like that. So, you know, on the weekends, I'll work. 12 to 14 and I'll get more sleep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, if you look at it on that grander scale, it's like by the time, you know, I'm 28, I only want to have to work like 10 or 20 hours a week. And you can do that. And I probably, like said, I probably would work the more. The scale of balance. Exactly. Has to be bigger. You just changed my perspective on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it doesn't work for everybody. It mm-hmm. depends on what people want. You know what I mean? Like, like it depends on how high your aspirations are because that's not necessary if, you know, I, I've had a few people on here who are like, I'm, I'm good with just being comfortable. Like I'm good with being, you know, two, $300,000 a year. And I'm like, that's awesome. Then you don't, you don't need that wider scale. Cause you don't need to work for eight years, like mm-hmm. nonstop to get to that point. See, my perspective is I just want to see how far I can take it. Yeah. You know, that's an adventurous one. I like that. a yeah. lot. I like that a lot. So tell me about a little bit about your goals. Like I'd say buy a house, yeah. buy a car, get married, have kids. Okay. That's In like, that order? Yeah. Yeah. Probably that order. Okay. That's like, I don't want to say short term because it's not really short term, but like. Well, here, I'll within... ask the question I always ask is one, three, five, and 10 year goal. So okay, where do you that's see yourself in one? One would probably be, let's, next year I want to try and do like 20 plus pushing 30 deals and i like that goal and i know that's like shoot for the stars mm-hmm. you'll land on the moon yep. so i like i want to shoot really high yeah i want to do like 20 to 30 deals next year um probably try and get to episode like 
my goal for the end of this year was episode 40 for the podcast. So let's say 80. Yeah. Episode 80 by the end of 2024. So that's one year. Three years would probably be buy the house because I'll have two years of 1099 income. Yep. Um, buy, probably buy the car by then too. And then yep. what was the other one? 10 years? Five and then 10. Five? That's when we get married. Okay. Within five years, that's when we get married. That's and then 10 it, years yeah. have the kids. There we go. Yeah. I like that a lot. I really like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, a- another one too. It's always been a dream of mine to open up a bar. Really? Because I've been in the service industry. Like, Freaking since I was like 15. Started okay. as the bus boy. Yeah. You work your way up, expo. Yeah. And you're serving, bartending. Okay. Like I wanna I wanna be the owner. You know? I want Dude, my own place awesome. that people come and hang out. Mids only. Yeah. That's what you call it. Or vodka Steves. Or vo- Dude, that's baller. Yeah, I fuck with that. Vodka <laughs> Steves. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they'd be like, yo, you going to vodka Steves tonight? Yeah, I'll be there. Be there. Dude, that's sick. And in match? I don't know, wherever it is, wherever yeah. I end up. I love New Hampshire, though. It's my home. I'm born and raised. Yeah. I'd like to have establish a home base here. Yeah. Do I want to go other places? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to Germany in December. Oh, nice. Good my sister you. lives there. She li- like lives there full time or is yeah. she abroad there? Really? Started abroad. Really? Lives there now. What does she do over there? Uh, So she, I don't know what her job title is, but she works for someone over there. Um, Her, her boyfriend, now fiance, also, he is German. So that's okay. kind of why they're there. Yeah. They live in Monheim. Um, I think they want to come back this way, though. I would get my mass license just for them if they want to look there. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting mine soon, too. Yeah. got the course and everything, but I haven't had enough time to get yeah. to it. It's only so many hours in a day. Only so many yeah. hours, dude. I really wish, like, we just didn't have to sleep. Or I wish, like, you could choose to just Oh, man, I love sleep. <laughs> I love it, too, once I get in the bed to go to sleep. But, like, mm. if I never had to get into oh, bed to go to sleep. Oh, if you could just go, 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 go yeah. all the time. That's yeah, what I mean. that'd be baller. And, like, like, if you could choose when to sleep. So, like, you make up for it all on the weekend. Dude. <laughs> I, I would literally work like yeah imagine if we were like bears be like hibernated that's what i mean that's what i mean like like you hit up all your clients you're like don't hit me up for like three months <laughs> i'm gonna be in hibernation but i'll be around the clock for the rest of the year i'd be so good i'd be with, with that i'd be, I'd be so with it you take you take what december maybe november november december january that's when you hibernate and then you're just awake just wired for, for like nine months. nine months. Well, I wouldn't want to miss Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. Yeah, bro. You know what I mean? So I pro- no, I'd probably do the shitty months. Like I'd do like February, March, April. Yeah. I know they're the springtime market months, but like fuck them. You can't take the summer off because that's the busy season here. Oh yeah, no, 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 no summer. And I'm a boat guy, so like I only get three or four months of boating a year. Mm. So, so I'd like, love to have a lake house someday. Yeah. That's another goal of mine. So we'll call you- that ten year. Get the yeah, lake house. That makes sense. That makes sense. Like you get that like. Like when you have the family and like you want to, you don't, I feel like you don't go and buy like seven houses when you're a single dude with no family. Yeah. What's the point? It's it's like, yeah, you got a spot to go. Why don't you just rent an Airbnb at that point? Yeah. But like you don't want to cart your family around to Airbnbs. So mm-hmm. you bring them to like the house that you have. Yeah. That makes sense. But a lake house up in Winnie. Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be sweet, bro. Yeah. Get the boat too. We, um, the company I work for, we just built a few buildings up on Pogus Bay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've been up there recently. Is that um, New Hampshire? Yeah, Pogus Bay uh, on on. I think it's Winnipesaukee. Is Winnesquam? No, no, it is Winnipesaukee. It's okay. a, it's in Laconia. I don't know. I don't know the lakes region too too well. Okay. So, I'm like, I want my my spot to be like Merrimack, Manch, Bedford, Nashua. Call it. Oh, that. all right, that little sphere. Yeah, Got like you. Hillsborough, like 
the center pocket of Hillsborough County. Okay. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. A little I, bit uh, into Rockingham. I like that. I'm obviously Rockingham and I, I love Salem. Oh, Salem's great. I love it. Just dude, they're doing so a lot expensive. here too. So expensive. Like the um Tuscan village. I was just talking I talked to a bunch of people about it. The two bed, two bath condo. Mm-hmm. Um like it's it's in it's in the nice building right in the middle. They call it the penthouse, but two bed, two bath, thirteen hundred square feet in Salem. Guess the price. Seven hundred K. Guess the price. Eight. Nine? A milli? One point three. Dude, that is so insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Unreal how expensive Salem is right now. That's crazy. It's off the charts. I mean, maybe because a lot of people look at it as like a suburb of Boston almost. It's not really. No, it, it's a it, good commute to Boston. No, if anything, Manch is going to be the new Boston. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. And, and that, by that theory, but we're, I mean, we're turning into our own suburban city. We really are. Like, They're doing a lot in Manchester. Yeah. Well, and, and Manch too. Dude, Manch, I am truly think, is going to be like the people who are fed up with Boston mm-hmm. and just like the way that it's treated and, and just, I mean, Boston's, I hate to dog on, on places because I, I love Boston. I love where I'm from. It's a fucking shit show there. Mm. It is a shit show. Like, and, and I'm not even talking about the people. It just, the way that those streets are like beaten down and just not taking care of the trash that's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so many issues in Boston that I think people are getting fed up with it. I think people are going to start moving up to match. Like that's going to be, yeah, the I'm city. excited to see the growth that city has over the next yeah. decade. I want to stick around to see it and I want to be part of it too. Where do you, you see know? it going? I it's, it's going to keep growing. Yeah. Like, you know, the South end of Elm street, I feel like it's just going to be a continuation of what the North end looks like. Yeah. Or not necessarily the North end, but like that main strip on Elm with the big buildings. I just, I could see that continuing down yeah. towards the South end. Um, I want to see more more high rise buildings too. You know, that's where I think it's going. Because we don't have a ton of that in New Hampshire. No, it'd be nice to have a, a city it hub would. like that. It would like like the closest thing was Concord, but Concord's too out of the way for the majority of the New Hampshire population. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I mean, I guess it's the same as Boston is from here. It's about the same in both directions, but that's from Salem. It's like. I think that I think Manchester's a good drive for everyone in Hillsborough and Rockingham, mm-hmm. and like that kind of sphere is perfect for Manchester, and it's in like a center pocket of the highways too. Yeah, you know dude, everything hits it. Yeah, everything seriously. Hits it. And I think it's in the perfect spot. But I think what's going to happen is there's going to be one person. It's going to be one giant person, mm-hmm. a conglomerate, to come in. Build one high rise, and that's gonna set it off. Yeah, it's it only and takes then all one person. a bunch of whole other investors flock to it. They're like, holy yeah. shit, there's so much untapped potential here. Right, and but it's gonna take someone big enough. That, yeah, because like we we all know when we say, like, there's a reason why people say to watch the um, watch all the politicians' trades before they happen, because you're gonna make a shitload of money yeah. if you watch what they trade before it. Ha- you know, you like you watch what what Pelosi trades yeah. or something. Yeah. Just throwing a name out there. For no no other particular reason other than throwing a name out. <laughs> I think it's that's accurate. <laughs> that's exactly. But, you know, you go on and see who's same idea. It's like these mom and pop investors, or not even mom and pop, maybe even guys like like Axel, multifamily wealth, like guys like him who might be looking to get into the development space a little mm-hmm. bit, they're gonna see a giant conglomerate come in. Like, imagine a Procter and Gamble coming in. 
in building like a, an office, a giant high rise office in Manchester. And see, we need that in New Hampshire. There is no city like that, like Boston. We don't no. have it. No, no, and it's like, it's like we flow all our money into cities like that. Yeah. Like, imagine if we just had our own. Right. And we can. We can. It, it's doable. We have the we have mm-hmm. the cities in good shape, f- relatively speaking. You know what I mean? Like it's it's set up better than Boston is in terms of the yeah. Streets. It's just a grid. It's just a grid. It's pretty straightforward. And so it's it's ready. It's ready to yeah. be industrialized. It's it. I mean, there's a lot of old buildings too. You could probably get knocked down. Just saying. Well, it, I I agree. But I, I, here's my thing: is like the, the cities and the towns, and I talk about this all the time because I come from the building background, and, and they need to allow people to start knocking these down yeah make it like, easier for like them. the historical society just stamps their name on every <laughs> house that's over 150 years old and it's like nope you can't touch this it's like all right well it's sitting on three acres in prime manchester yeah. so i'm gonna i want to touch cr- it and it's crumbling and it's crumbling to the ground you i can't even i can't touch it i can't even go in and see it it's just sitting mm-hmm. there just temp three acres just tempting me i don't even have a specific property in mind i'm just saying like no i know what you mean though. some it's of them the are sitting on good grass yeah and you can't touch them. See, I want to see more businesses come to the city too. Yeah. And set up shop there. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of service, like restaurant type things. But I want to see like like legitimate businesses, like maybe tech stuff, set up yeah. shop there. Who was I talking to? Um, somebody had mentioned, maybe it was, it was one of your podcasts, where I, I agree. I think the tech is going to be the next push into match. Mm-hmm. I, think th- I think that will be the first company coming in, whether that's like, Dude, imagine a Tesla came in yeah, or something. Yeah, that'd know, be sick. Something like that where where it's like futuristic type tech. I think that that would really set the tone mm-hmm. for that, – that's, that's the other problem. Or maybe even if we did more manufacturing there too. Anything. Yeah. Dude, because – Just more commerce. Any, anything, that, that pr- puts, anything that puts dinner on somebody's table is good. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's the reality. Anything that's consistent enough – and put like dinner that. on someone's table because you know the mom and pop shops are great. I love small business. That's that's like you know my bread. And we can't lose favorite. that. We can't lose it. Mm-hmm. But it's not as guaranteed as say an Amazon is. Yeah. So the reality is you need. I, I think that a good ratio would probably be f- for like Manchester business. I think a good ratio would be like forty mom and pop percent, sixty in terms of the jobs that are out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Not not necessarily the landmass that they take but like the amount of employees i think 30 to 40 percent mom and pop 60 to 70 percent mm-hmm. corporation because i think that you need that guarantee yeah i think that it's important to have people who can who can never really have to worry about putting food on the table and if we can offer jobs and employment to people they will come yeah and they will need a place to live mm-hmm. which means we can put up more buildings and i think that like I think that if we go in the direction of teach a man to fish, right, like hand up, not hand out type thing, if we go in that direction, because that's the problem I think most cities make in the beginning stages of trying to revamp their cities. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't approach it the right way, right? They, they, like, they try and like, – like the people that are struggling in their communities, they, they just kind of try and mask them, mask the problem, right, mask the homelessness problems. By just like handing them checks or something, right? Yeah, it doesn't them, work. It doesn't work. Like you, doesn't. Ne- you need to give these people a purpose, and I and I think this is a great opportunity. I'm not saying Manchester's a horrible homelessness place, but there's certainly there certainly people. has its pockets. Yeah, and it's like 
if we can approach it the, the right way, for the first people to ever do this, because no one can ever figure out how to approach homelessness problems the right way, and just people struggling in general, teach them, give them the opportunities, right? Teach them how to work, give them the purpose to work, right? And I get it, it's easier said than done, but the reality is it's still, it still can be done. And we need to approach it the right way if we want to industrialize the city the right way without, again, just kind of revamping it and masking all the problems it has. Mm. Yeah, the homeless one. That's something I've been trying to wrap my head around for a long time, and I don't think there is an easy answer. There's no one-size-fits-all for no. it. No, Like, no. I think you need to do a lot of different things to fix it. Mm -hmm. And also, a lot of it's got to come from within. If someone – like, I've talked to – one of my most recent podcasts, I had this dude, Tony, on. He works at a recovery center. Oh, it's Some of it's got to come from within. Mm -hmm. If these people don't want it, it's not going to happen. No, no, exactly. Like, like you, that, that's why, why I say purpose. And, I, and when I say purpose, But I if you can it. give them a purpose. That's what I mean. Give them a reason to try. That's what I mean. Like, you can't, you can't give them the job. You need to give them the reason why they should work the job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you... Sure, you can provide them the opportunity. I mean, there's help wanted signs all over the place. Yeah. But there's still people who stand right next to that help wanted sign with a can looking for change. It's because they don't have the per they don't have enough purpose within themselves to go fill out an application. They don't have the willpower to do that. And yeah, I'm big on like self development. Don't be a pussy. Like facts. You know what I mean? I'm huge on that. But at the same time, I like to be empathetic to people who haven't necessarily had the best upbringing right war veterans things like that where people are at a true disadvantage i'd like to try and do my best within the means of you know i always refer back to capitalism but just within the means of of you know like just not handing anything out really like really working on trying to give these people purpose because i don't know if you're a jordan peterson fan i like jordan peterson but i listen to a ton of jordan peterson and a lot of what he talks about that's the baseline is like giving people their why like why should i do this right and like you, there's a reason why we always say money doesn't buy happiness it buys things that make you happy sure but the reality is you regardless of what you're being given and what you're being paid and what you have like the end all be all is whether or not you you have a purpose and that purpose is clear enough for you and like the happier you are i think is people who feel more in touch with their purpose mm. and so i'm big on trying to f be empathetic towards people who like genuinely just have feel like they have no purpose yeah and i mean maybe a lot of it's our modern society and our way of life you know that just it, it gives people a reason not to try because you can just get zonked out on whatever substance you're abusing it's so easy to get anything it's so easy to overstim your overstimulate yourself with social media I mean, th there's tons of reasons not to try mm -hmm. and so many coping mechanisms that make you feel comfortable. Right. And it's tough. How do you, you, you can't ban stuff. You can't ban TikTok. Right. Right. It's, it's like the old, like, like this same idea with why people don't hit their kids. It's like a lot, a lot of kids it didn't work for, right? Like you, you don't take the extreme on people who are already down. You don't kick a man when he's down, right? You try and help him back up, but you, you hand you hold one arm out. You don't grab him and pick him up. Yeah. Right. You make him do most of the work. It's the same idea. It's like, it's like there, there's a certain point where you help and then your helping gets to a point where you're actually doing a disservice. Right. It's like knowing when to pull back. That's why, that's why like I, I'm very critical 
and I understand I'm not a parent, but I'm very critical of parents now because they give their kid anything they want. I'm like, believe it or not, I will you never being... stick an iPad in a child's face. Hell no. Hell no. No, way. no, 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 no chance. You get a Nokia just like I did. <laughs> Walmart, Nokia. Raise that's them right, you... baby. Raise yeah. them right. That's you get in Pac-Man and that's even going to be limited. But like, that's how that I, I think I saw this. Um, I brought up last week too. I saw this Facebook post last week and, and it, dude, I go on these, I hate social media. So I go on these residence pages just so I can post my ad. Yeah. And of course, I already need to see some woman bitching about the fact that her son's in school and it's 90 degrees out and that they should cancel school. And I'm see, like, that's the problem. So many people are so soft. So nowadays. soft. And I'm so like, soft what are you teaching this kid? Society. It's ridiculous. What is she teaching this kid? She's doing more of a disservice. And I get it. Mm. The mother, she wants her kid to, to be comfortable. She doesn't want him to suffer. I get it. I understand as a mother. I'm a fan of tough love, though. I am, too. And I think, suck it up. It's 90 degrees. It's school. You'll be out in six hours. Have fun. Have a good day. That's fair. It's like like, uh, that same day, I was outside working all day in a black shirt and pants. And you're still kicking. I didn't die. Yeah. I didn't die. I saw guys in hoodies. Like the, the Spanish workers, dude, they're animals. Like oh, in, I in know the best way. Are, I don't bro. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean they're like ridiculous. they'll be on an asphalt roof in like hoodies. I couldn't do it, bro. <laughs> like, I'd pass out. I'd dude, pass I, out. I'd roll off that roof so quick. Oh they're man. ridiculous. But yeah, she's like, he could get heat exhaustion. I'm like, I think your son's gonna be fine. But you're doing a disservice to him by trying to just cater the whole world to him. Like let him learn. No handouts. Let him learn. No, no handouts. handouts. No handouts. It's it's a cut cutthroat world, and that's the thing. It's like you can control what happens in your house, but you need to be wary enough to understand what happens in the real world. Yeah, eventually, like that kid's gonna go out into the world, and if they weren't raised correctly, they're gonna get freaking smashed in mm-hmm. in whatever endeavor they do in life. Right, and and I'm sorry, but you as the parent are to blame. Yeah, I put the blame on the parent because I do think like my parents have always done a great job teaching me about the real world because my house has always been like the real world. Like they've treated the house like the real world. So I've always known what it looked like, but I see a lot of kids who don't. And I'm like, I don't blame the kid. I blame the parent. Yeah. I mean, some we're kids a product of our environment. Absolutely. I've always been a proponent of that. Absolutely. If so you... how did you grow up? Similar? Yeah. 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 I mean, I had two parents in the house. So I didn't have to worry about like food on the table. I'm fortunate for that. Very yeah. grateful. But I mean, they, they laid down the law when they had to. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't hit me or anything, but like there was rules. I tried to follow those rules, you know, sometimes didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. I don't think I was a bad kid or anything. I was a great kid. Yeah. 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 I, uh, it's similar. Just like, I don't know. I think there comes a point where they, they taught me to figure things out on my own. That's the biggest part. That's, that's the biggest part. They didn't hand me anything. They exactly. didn't hand me a hundred thousand dollar check. Yeah, they it's told like, me go get it. Go find it. Yeah, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you everything that I know as to how, but it's up to you to do it. Mm-hmm. I see. I think my father instilled a lot of beliefs in me at a young age, to of like what it means to be a man in this world. Yeah, and I hold those to my core. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's um. It it's. That's something that's really not harped on enough is, like, how to be a genuine good man in the world. And, like, that goes deeper than just how you interact with people. It goes deeper than how you carry yourself as a man, how you work as a man. I mean, it's all of it. 
like it's the it's your persona mm. it, it and it's the most important part of anybody because like the most dangerous thing isn't is in my eyes is a feminine dude somebody who wasn't taught to be a man because it's like it's in contradiction to to your biology to your biology right like which which i don't want to yeah i was gonna say i don't want to step on anyone's toes but i mean it's just how it is yeah i mean i think you and i are in agreement on a lot of things so like but probably think similarly probably think that fashion yeah and, and it's just yeah, I be, I've been grateful is really what I can say is I've been grateful for like the way I've been raised. And I've mm-hmm. been raised like my, my, I had, um, my, my dad lives in mass in Tuxbury. So I'm in here with my mom and my stepdad. So I've actually learned everything, right? Like my, my mom and stepdad are corporate people. Oh, see, that's interesting. You get two different perspectives from the two, father. Yes. And that's been huge. So like, I'm always big on like nothing in life is perfect find find the best parts of the shitty parts of your life yeah right and it's like it's like yeah in in a perfect world i my parents would be together but in our reality i'm so glad that they weren't yes as as cold as that sounds i'm so glad that they weren't because i saw my two parents who are corporate people or my stepdad and my mom who are corporate people Mm -hmm. and my dad who owns a business so i got from the business side of things i got to see it all my mom works in lending my stepdad works in software sales and my dad is owns a construction company. Wow. They give you all the skill sets, all like the skills, that. you know what I mean? And so like, I'm able to kind of look, but that's the thing. That's probably why you're doing so well at so young. It's because you've had exposure to these things. So for much so exposure. Young, and, and, and so that's, long. and I give them a lot of credit for that. Like I, I give them 90% of the credit uh-huh. for it because it's like, they also never handed me anything. They, they, they had all these skill sets and they barely handed me their skills. You know what I mean? Like they, it was so, it was, Never like directly spoken about, but it was almost like I had to work for the skills. I had to work for the knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'd have to ask them questions and about certain industries that they were in and, and they wouldn't like just feed all the information to me. They'd wait for me to kind of understand the concept and ask another it question. It means more if you learn it yourself. Exactly. You know? And at your own pace. And I think there's something to be said for handing people skills. That's fine. That's great. Mm-hmm. I encourage it. But handing something, handing something to someone that's tangible whether it's money, whatever it is, I, I just, it feels like a handout more. Right. You know? Yeah. But it, giving someone the means to go get that tangible thing, I like that better. And I think it's a selfish act because, or maybe not a selfish act. Uh, I think that handouts are a semi narcissistic act. Mm. The only reason I say that is because you're now betting on yourself to be what that person relies on. Like, so what, number one, you're betting on yourself. If, if you're constantly just giving somebody a hand up, right? You're just always picking them up, always picking them up, never teaching them how to pick themselves up. Number one, you're signing yourself up to pick them up every single time they fall down until you decide that you don't want to do it anymore, which is horrible because mm-hmm. now you've been. And then they're going to fall fat on their place. And because, no one's going to be there. Yeah, yeah. So that's number one. You had an opportunity to teach them how to do it so that when you couldn't, they wouldn't fall even further, but you didn't. Number one. Number two, I think a lot of people do actually get a kick out of feeling good about doing something for somebody, and they want to prolong that, and they yeah, know see, that somebody's going to fall I, I down. I see the again. selfish aspect of it. Yeah, from that. Yeah, and and I I'm not afraid to call people out for it because I truly do think that it's a I think it's a selfish act. I think the best thing that you can do is give somebody tough love and say, listen, I'm not picking your ass up. You fell down, you can get yourself back up. If you went down you can go right back up you mm-hmm. can figure you can figure out how to get up 
And, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of the people I've talked to have kind of understood that concept. You know, it's like there's there's definitely a line. Like, you know, you're not going to have a newborn who falls over him, himself on his first steps. You're not going to tell the little kid, get your ass up. Like, <laughs> hey, there's a line. Hey, I might. May, well, I'm, I'm going to be hardcore on my kids, dude, bro. Dude, when they're like just learn how to walk, I might like – Pull a string in front of their feet, like <laughs> yeah, make them learn them. The, keep them on their toes <laughs> a little bit. But I don't know. No, but I won't. I won't hand things out to my children. No, not until I'm gone. Then they can have the inheritance. Yeah, but and at that point they'll already have made it themselves. You well, know, that's the thing. You give them the skills. Yeah, they'll, they'll learn it. Yeah, they'll learn it. Um, you, know Kathy Russo. I do. I went through her course Did you? for real estate. Yeah. So Kathy Russo is cool because. Her parents owned a bunch of investment property. Really? And she has like a few siblings, like four siblings, I think. And her dad gave them at like 10 years old. He didn't actually give them the property, but he he gave them a property in terms of you learn how to manage this at like 10. Oh, so they like each just got as a one property. Is like a trial run. Oh, they that's each got a property, and from ten years old and on, it was their job to manage it. At ten, I mean, they—I'm sure the legality and stuff like that when they were younger, they—I started at steps. Like, okay, you're ten years old. This is what I'm doing. You're gonna go knock on this door, and you're gonna give them a lease agreement. That's fascinating, right? And start, dude. That was incredible to me. I'm like, like that, put a huge smile on my face because all I thought was, that's how I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to give my kid. Not give him the five hundred grand worth of equity in the house, but give him the job of managing yes, the house. Yes. At a young age, ten years old, that's not too young to give give them a, a task like that. You just hey, hand this lease agreement. Okay, cool. They're eleven. All right, you're gonna you're gonna go and explain to them what they need to sign now. I'm gonna be with you, but you're gonna go explain to them, right? Imagine an eleven-year-old explaining your lease agreement to you. Yeah, I, <laughs> that's laughable. It's laughable. I I get it, but you know what? It, it could be the cute factor, right? If you have the right kind of tenant, that's like you know the Tuscan Village tenants that are paying four or five thousand a month. They're there because they just have money to piss away. Yeah. So if a little eleven-year-old is going up to you and talking, they they think it's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely wouldn't bring them a match. And, and, no. Uh, and, no, 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 no. There's no. some interesting people. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I want to still. No, but it, it teaches you those skills at a young age, and it actually brings up that reminds me of when I used to sell fundraising cards for my football team. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't realize it back then, but I was going door to, I was doing door to door sales. Yeah. With those cards, I didn't realize it. I just wanted the freaking cash prizes and the hoodie and the hat and whatever yeah. it was, but. They taught us those skills without us even realizing it. Yeah. And it's similar to having your 11-year-old explain a lease agreement to a tenant. Right. You know? It's it's the early stages where it's like you don't remember that memory, but you remember the concept. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you might remember the memory, but you don't you don't remember the intricate details of mm-hmm. it, but you understand the concept. Yeah, so and as like a 16-year-old kid learning how to cold approach someone at their door mm-hmm. and dealing with, with rejection. Yeah. Those are powerful lessons very very rejection's huge uh-huh. rejection's huge and rejection's similar to shame um it's in the same category and i say this all the time is there's also not enough shame in the world i think that people mm. are, would be better with rejection if they felt more shame when they did something wrong right and and i know the two are, are sort of disconnected but the, the ideology behind it is just like in both instances like even with rejection i mean the reality is, 
every deal is closable. Mm-hmm. So there's somewhere you went wrong. If you have that ideology, whether or not that's true, that that's that's a different story. But having that ideology in and of itself just says like, there's something I could have done that I didn't, right? And the same thing with shame. It's I did something I shouldn't have. Mm. It's it's that idea that, that and you you're have missing to make information. those mistakes. You have to. Otherwise, you can't learn it. It's imperative. You know? And you have to make the big mistakes. Like, I've had deals that I haven't been able to close. And then looking back on them, I'm like, you know, maybe if I had said this, brought up this point, talked to this person sooner. There's a million different ways that you could have saved it. Right. And the but thing you about, have to deal with that rejection. You do. You do. It, it teaches the lessons. And, and like the thing about that too is this is why I love podcasting so much is when I see an imperfection, I can just run to the computer and fix it. But in real estate, like, you know, that's different. It's like, shit, I made that mistake. I got to wait for the next client now to bring up and ha- I need to experience another issue with this down the road mm-hmm. so that I can see if that was the real issue. Right. And like, if it's something I can solve, it's much more prolonged in real estate. Yeah. That's something Kyle talked about is there's no instant gratification in this business. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand that coming in. I really didn't. No. With my background, it's you hand someone their drink, they pay you. Right. Done. Transactions take months. Yeah. Completely different story. Yeah. So. And then they fall apart like at yeah. the very end. Oh yeah. It's um. It's sad. It, it it like it's it's, it's sad. It's a sad reality when you get into it. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people come in, they think it's going to be easy, and it's just not. Well, that's, really that's not. what we're talking about. This is yeah. why I have this, because I, I, w- I don't want to scare people, but I want to tell them what you think is going to happen is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Understand that if you listen to the people that I'm having on here, you're going to learn so fucking much about the barrier of entry. It's, it's not even funny. If you truly listen to, to your experience, cases, right, Andrews, Kyle's, Everybody that I've had on here, they had their own way of getting through the barrier of entry, and not one of them has said that getting into their industry was an easy one year to success. Mm-mm. None of them. Not even close. Every and I'm not even there yet. No. I'm really not. No. It is also how you perceive success. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm some I'm nowhere close one to where I want to be. No, exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, you shouldn't feel like, like, I don't feel happy with where I'm at right now. That's what pushes me to be where I'm at, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I'm not happy that I've gotten to the point where I'm at. I'm sure you feel the same way. It's yeah, like, I'm grateful for how grateful. far I've come, but I'm not going to get content. No, no, it's like I'm still not there yet. Yeah, so I'm not happy. I want to. I want to stay uncomfortable. Right. I want my back to be against the wall because then I have to go out and perform. I, I, pressure creates diamonds. Yep. You know, really does. Like it really I, does. I want the pressure on. I love that quote. I, I like yeah I like your mentality with a lot of things too like like you just a, a lot of it resonates with me just because mm-hmm. it's it's that it's the no bullshit ideology yeah it's it's just like the I don't know I've always been a straight shooter yeah that's how I am I have too you know if someone asks me something I'll tell them honestly that's the way I go about things that's interesting I I don't know why I said I have too because I haven't too I've been the complete opposite that's funny so mm-hmm. you've always been like a straight blunt straight yeah. shooter. I mean, I used to be a lot more introverted, but yeah, I think I've always been pretty straightforward. Yeah. That's interesting. Because usually people who are young aren't. Yeah. They like to hide behind whatever. But Right. I don't know. I'll tell you whatever you want to know, you know? That's kind of how I operate. You need people like that. Like, you, I need to know, like... And I help. I think that helps with relationship building, too. Absolutely. If you can be open to someone, they'll be open to you. 
there's a difference between being a dick and being honest. It's like, yes. it like, you don't have to be an asshole to be honest. It's like if somebody comes up, and this is the problem, and you know, I laugh. Because it's always about, it's it's a lot about how you frame it. You know, it is. No, it seriously is. And the problem is, people think being honest is being blunt, unwarranted. It's like no. You didn't need to tell that girl she looks fat in her dress. But if she asked if she looks fat in the dress. <gasps> See, I, I don't know. No, that's, no, no. That's a time where I might not be honest. No, I might no, not be a straight shooter no. in there. <laughs> listen, listen. That's what I was going to bring up is like a girlfriend. You got to be careful. Yeah. You know, there's some things that. No, like no, no. I said, it's how you frame it's it. It's how you frame it. I think you might look better in this dress. <laughs> yeah. Even that, bro, with the girlfriend. I'm just talking like a, a girl in general. The girlfriend, bro, you look beautiful in anything. Yes. You look beautiful in anything. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that dress is awesome. Oh, the other one, uh, great too. All of it. It's awesome. But like, no, yeah, maybe the the girl looking fat in the dress is a bit of a stretch. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but the idea behind it is like, I'm not going to tell you you look bad. But if you ask me if you look bad and I think you do, I'm going to tell you. You know That's what I mean? Fair. Like, That's like I just won't give unwarranted advice. Sometimes I will. But Ask to, and you shall receive. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, you shouldn't have asked me. I do that all the time with people. Like people get – sometimes people, usually the closer ones with me, will get pissed. I'm like, you did ask. Yeah. I wasn't going to like pat you on the back and tell you what you did was smart. It was stupid. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and But I, I think – I feel like that's the most respectful thing you can do. Agreed. If you, if you value someone, you'll give it to them straight up. Right. You know? Like, just, if I'm looking for advice, it's because I'm looking for something constructive. Mm. So, like, if you're not going to give me anything that I can construct with, what was it for? Like, I'm not going to let you destroy yourself. Right. I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Right. So, you've always been like that. That's really fascinating. I don't know, I don't know if I've always been like that, but it's, it's definitely the way I am now. Yeah. I like to think. How's it worked out for you? Good. I think Good. it's... it's like I said, be, being open to people allows them to be open to you. I think that's why I'm able to build rapport with people very quickly. Yeah. I tell it how it is. You think that came from football and coaching? Like Ooh, tough coaching? No, I think it came from bartending. Really? Yeah. People dogging on your drinks? Oh, yeah. So I've made bad drinks for probably the first one to own yeah. up to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. How do you learn it from the bar? Uh, in, in terms of, like, being open with people? Well, open in the in the way of just, like, blunt honesty. I, I, I think when you just – you talk to so many people, you just – you get to a point where, like, you don't really care what they think about you. So I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Okay. You know? That's interesting. Like yeah. I said, I used to be a lot more introverted. But after having so many different conversations with so many different people, I've become confident in who I am. Yeah. And I'm willing to present my thoughts as opinions openly. I like that. I like that a lot. Take it or leave it. Yeah. You're willing to present your thoughts as opinions. Yeah. Yeah, because what – it's like I'm not narcissistic enough to think that it's my – whatever I say is fact. Agreed. Like I know my shit stinks. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I know I make mistakes. I'll be the first to own up to it. I always tell people when I'm wrong. Right. I'm willing to accept that and immediately improve, reiterate, get better. You know what's weird? I don't know if you feel like this. Do you ever feel an ad- not an ad- addiction's the wrong word to use, but it's the only one I can think of right now. Like addiction to self improvement, you mean? Sort of to being wrong. Uh, I don't know about that. The reason why I say that is because I I feel I tend to feel more content 
when I was wrong about something because when I'm right, there's usually usually when you're wrong, there's a definitive result of your wrongdoing. But when yeah, you're it's right, like, it's, it's like no, yeah, I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong. Versus when you're right, sometimes it like I don't know. I don't like being wrong. No one likes being wrong. You know, it's not a matter of liking being wrong. It's more of like the so if you if you sent if, if you were cold calling a bunch of people and you had a whole day worth of voicemails um or or you know what even better you have, you have a whole day worth of like five people who are like yeah follow up with me versus the whole day of people saying no i'm completely okay i do not want to sell you're happy in at, at first yeah. with the follow-ups but then it, it's like it's out in space. It's open-ended. It's, like, it's open-ended. Yes. Like, you feel that... If you get a no, you know it's a no. That's what I mean. Move on to the next. You, you, I, like I said, it, it's not an addiction. It's, you just tend to feel more content with it. I kind of see where you're coming from. It's almost like you're saying, I like a no more than a maybe. I like, because I like Because it's definitive. definitive. Yes. I like, I and like, as an analytical guy, that makes sense. Right. Well, that's what I mean. See, like, I feel like I'm a little more loosey-goosey. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. Go with the flow. But you you seem to have like a... I'm a fucking chameleon, bro. Really? I, I've come to learn that. I can I can chop it up with anybody. <laughs> I can, I can fit into any social setting. Yeah, I might look like a... Like, I might be the oddball in the room, but, like, I can kick it with anyone, man. That's, I really can. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Like, even if they don't speak my language, I'll find a way to vibe with them. Really? Like, like <laughs> not, a, not a fluent Spanish speaker? Por qué? There we go. Yeah, I took it for, like, a semester in high school and completely bombed it. Read, like, <laughs> I, I just book. talked to my, my Colombian neighbors, bro. He, he taught me this one the other day. Que tengo un buen día. Have a good day. Oh, I like that. Yeah, no. Anytime I, I see him, I always, I always try and, I at least make an effort. It's yeah. To them, it's probably terrible. Yeah. But I, I always thought that they like got pissed off about that. Like when yeah, you I feel like it. they're like, oh, but who's, I'm like, this, who's this American think he yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, as long as they don't Spanish think we're making fun of English. them. Well, that's what I mean. It's like I'm, I'm. This isn't malice. There's no malice behind this. I'm just trying to like, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. Unless there is malice. Well, that's well. For and me, when I do it, there isn't. That's what I mean. Like, it's for genuine. me, there's no. Like malice. when I go to California burritos, I walk in, I'm like, "Hola, Jose, cómo yeah. estás, mi amigo?" They probably love that. Though. Oh, because you're in, you're yeah, in there enough. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in there enough. I yeah. They know I think, it doesn't come from a place of, of hate. That's what I mean. It's like it's like, this some people probably are, but like for me, it's like if I'm gonna try it, it's because I genuinely mean it. But it's like mo- I feel like most people don't perceive it like that. I don't know, man. I love Hispanic culture. I do too. Right. Well, I went to I went to Central food, Catholic. The food, the people, like, the way they go about life. There was a ton of like it, the, it was a huge Spanish culture at Central. Mm. And dude, it's awesome. Like the quinceañeras. I don't even know if I was. <laughs> I've never been to a quinceañera, right. but bro, bro, they're like it's it's like a sweet sixteen on steroids. Mm. It's just crazy because it's like it's like that Spanish culture, dude. It's awesome. They're awesome, but it's like it's like I don't know. There's a there's that line between like. I get like I don't want to appropriate it or, or you know if if that's if that's what they yeah, think. Yeah, you gotta be careful on. what you say nowadays, right? Yeah. Isn't that a shame? It's a shame. What happened it, to free speech, man? That's out the window, I guess. Yeah. It's like it's like it's still free, but it's like I'll just get my ass beaten if I say the wrong thing. Yeah, it's like I right, is it like really? Like we were talking about earlier, people are just soft now, soft. man. Yeah, it, 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 and and like they think the worst in people, which is funny. I was listening to a Bill Burr clip, and he's like, uh-huh. he started off his his. Uh, his special and he's like you know it's like i've been traveling a lot 
Like, I'm really seeing the worst in people lately. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, Bill Burr's a riot, Dude, bro. I love that guy. I listen to his podcast, too. Tim Dillon, too. He's funny. I like Tim, Tim Dillon. Dillon. Who's Tim Dillon? He's been on Joe Rogan a million times. He's a bigger dude. I think he's a Boston guy. I want to say he is. Okay. I'll have to look him up. I like Boston. A little heavier maybe. set. Okay. It's funny. He's, like, sarcastic. Okay. I'll have to look him up. I like Bobby Lee a lot, too. Yeah, because I'm not familiar. He's the, um, he's the really ugly Chinese guy. That like oh, everyone makes fun of. I think I know. It's so funny because he takes it so well. But like Andrew Schultz, uh, like chirped the fuck out of him in a clip that I saw earlier. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I was just pissing my pants. But um, that, that I just had an interesting thought: is what type of content do you try and consume? <laughs> my whole feed is gym naked girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. No, no. The, unfortunately this is, usually the only time it's like something like that is when like one of those meme pages pops up it's like follow her i'm like it's garbage like garbage i'm like i got better shit to do yeah right. most of my feed is boats um i'll go in order it's like all real estate podcasts um just just like self-improvement content but mm-hmm. but more like business analytical content like true economic content things like that then it goes down to like more of the podcast, the Hermoses. He he's usually filtered in, and then like comedy, and then boats, yep. and some entertainment. I find it really easy to get sucked into the the loop of just consuming the short form. Like it's so easy to get sucked into Instagram Reels. I don't use TikTok. I really don't. I deleted it. Yeah, I'll, I'll post a clip on it every now and then, but I will not watch it. Yeah. But the Instagram Reels, it's easy to get sucked in, and all of a sudden, before you know it, thirty minutes have gone by, an hour's gone by. Yeah. But which is why I like to try and focus on the longer form stuff. I feel like you get more out of it. You get to, you get you to know the creator a little bit better. You do. You know what it's good for is I find a podcast that I like and then I look look at the episode and then I watch the episode. Yeah. Or listen to the episode. Like I'll go from there. But I agree. I find myself scrolling through reels. Like I've learned how to manipulate my feed though. Mm-hmm. You so can. You can. You can really manipulate it. So when I go through, like I I feel less bad now scrolling through instagram because i'm like what i'm what i'm seeing is all like positive self-improvement type business oriented content so it's like i always learn stuff i send myself video i'm always actually a lot of my oh, content you send yourself pod- stuff well so i save stuff but i'm i'm a big saver so i have like sixteen thousand posts yeah saved. see i'll save stuff and i'll never go on back and look so at the it. really important ones i dm to myself that is really interesting. Yeah. I've never thought of that before. That's so that's how I filter it out because I don't make folders. I don't have time for that. I just yeah. save and scroll. But yeah, so like there's certain like editing things that I want to watch or certain lead gen strategies uh-huh. that are like re- like that's some of the best content I've seen this week. I'll send it to myself. Crazy. You should do that. It like really filters. I'm going out. to start doing that. Yeah, because like my brother, he has like 200 posts saved. Wow. I'm like, he doesn't save anything. So like for someone like him, he could do that. Makes sense. Yeah. So is, I assume your feed's the same, though. Yeah, for the most part. I like the conspiracy theories. I get sucked yeah. in, bro. Yeah, dude. There's pyramids in Antarctica. Bro. You know that, right? Bro, <laughs> I've seen that fucking Nat Geo documentary. Like, if you, I when I um, when I have busy work, sometimes I'll go on YouTube and just turn on the playlist of, mm-hmm. like, the old ancient pyramid documentaries. I'm big into, like, I, I find it fascinating, times. bro. Dude, I think that... It, I feel like it gives me a better understanding of where we came from. Absolutely. You know, and I, we're, I'm always, I've been searching for that my entire life. Yep. That meaning, that sense of purpose. 
and I think, yeah, I, I think that you need to see it on a scale to understand, like, like we're not here for the, we're, our purpose isn't here for the hundred or so, eighty so years that we're on the planet. Our purpose was much wider than that mm-hmm. because our purpose lives on through legacy. And I think it's important to see what legacies have been built prior to us and how they've been built so yes. that we can formulate our own. But I'm big into like just the, like just like Greek mythology, but more just like. How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Have you seen that? I meme? saw that, <laughs> dude. I'm on the side of like three times a day, bro. I'll, I, I'll give it at least a few times a week, dude. I'm like, I'm thinking about those aqueducts. Yo, dude, that's what I mean. Those gladiators. The architecture. That's yes, what I love yes, about that stuff. Yes. That's what I love I took about Latin that in high stuff, school, dude. bro. Oh, did you? Yeah, that was fun, dude. That would have been awesome. I'm cute. I love that shit, and I think that it's a good break, and it's a productive break. It's it's not a distraction like too far away because. Actually, my so one of my favorite things, if I wasn't a real estate guy, I'd be a psychologist. I love psychology. Mm. I love Aristotle. I like Socrates. I like Plato. And I like, you know, like like ancient rhetoric and where that comes from. And I'm just I, that type of stuff to me is fascinating too. And so when I've heard I would agree lot, with that. It really is. It's, dude, it's it? out of this world. Like some of the things that these people came up with where you're like, holy shit. Like you, you think about it now trying to figure out psychological concepts that see we're spoiled yeah we are so spoiled we We have access to everything Mm -hmm. all the time it was different back then you know it's like like going back to the the architecture they read the stars from like little holes in a stone wall and like dude the conspiracies on like the um like the um what are those called the solstices and how they line up perfectly i'm like I don't know. I get into like the alien conspiracies too, because like all that lines up and they're like, aliens were here. I'm like, listen, I don't know, but this is sounding a little too crazy. The one that I've gotten so deep into over the past few months is Graham Hancock's theory mm. that of that there was an ancient advanced civilization I'm, that was wiped out before before our time. I, I agree with that. I think I think the timeline he puts it is they were wiped out like twelve thousand six hundred years ago. Mm. Something like that. I through a so. great flood. You ever heard of the Younger Dryas Impact Theory? No. That it, it, we went through the trail of a comet and it caused massive floods and ecological disasters that wiped out the last advanced civilization. So, I. That's the theory I've been getting into lately. I've Gra- never Graham heard Hancock. that one, but the one about an uh, advanced civilization, mm-hmm. like the, like I've heard theories about the pyramids being like. 12,000 13,000 years old not six which i they're older than we think i think they are and, and, the, and the way they were constructed ago, i i think they may have been using some technology that we don't have access to they had to have been because like they they say like the the stones are placed so perfectly you can't even fit a piece of paper between them like bro and i mean all we see today is the ruins we don't see what they used to look like that's what i mean we see them rounded beveled edges yeah like, imagine when it was cut. They were so precise. And the other thing, too, I'm sorry, but, like, we can't we can't get a truck to move more than a 20,000-pound trailer. Yeah. How are they moving 100 times? Like, some of those blocks, some of them were lighter. Some of them were – but some of the size of this fucking room. See, dude, they just um, must have been able to, like, resonate vibrations and, like, frequencies to make things move. That That's – that's the way my brain puts it together is they were Whoa. able to manipulate the frequencies of the molecules around us. That's interesting. To make things move. 
talk to me about that. So like, I don't know, bro. I'm not a pyramid expert. Oh, I didn't know if you listened like, to a video. On no, it. no, oh, so bro. This is, this is that's what, just you that's, came up with this. No, I've heard other people talk about it okay. before on podcasts, but like they they were just able to make things like levitate because they were able to manipulate the frequencies with whether it's sound or whatever they were using. Bro, that that's a crazy theory. Yeah. Because yeah, like like in theory, like if if I held up like like even those those rings that you hit. Like if you hold it yeah, like that, like, like a, that. A, a penny it, or something, the penny moves. Mm-hmm. You 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 smash an object together, whatever it is. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe you like set off a detonation. I don't, I don't even know, bro. I'm just I'm spitballing here. But that causes the airwaves to move. And it picks up the object. I don't know. It's like magic, bro. It's like magic. That's crazy. Because like I don't yeah, I don't believe any of like what they did is anything that like I, I think they See, lived we're completely on a, different lives. We're on a different technological path than than whatever ancient civilization preceded us. Our path is like internal combustion engines into tech. They were like frequency vibration. I think that they were using the, the nature of the world more yeah. than we do. I See, think we we're try like manipul- smash a rock into it. Yeah. Make it move. I think we try and change the They nature. were make the rock move itself. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. I dude, that's crazy that you say it that way because that's always how I've thought about it. I've said it's not that it's not that we don't have the capability of being there, but we just took a different path. Yeah. So like we, we don't like I said, our things are how do we change nature versus them? They could have been like, How do we manipulate it? Mm. How do we use what's here? They thought more efficiently than we did. You know what I mean? Like, cause I, I almost think like like when I think of those advanced civilizations, I also don't think of like crazy lights and screens and everything i think of very basic civilizations with crazy engineering Mm -hmm. behind it like like all of them still wearing those weird clothes like barely any clothes and like a bunch of slaves but still somehow moving a rock levitating and maybe they were more spiritually in touch than we were i think so too because i think our society today is very out of touch spiritually dude that's that's you see it everywhere you go yeah that's it's I went to Catholic school, mm-hmm. so I had the, you know, I had the blessing to be able to be around people who like, really kind of were in touch with that side of things. But the second you leave those two doors, it's it's a hellhole. Like I listened to one podcast, and it's a, a, a comedy one, so it's funny. Mm-hmm. But like they're two like, pretty much atheists, and so many rights, and it's like, some of the shit that they say, it like, it's not, I'm not even like a huge devout Catholic, but I'm like. Okay, I, I like to at least respect all the religions, mm. bro. We've gotten to the point where we don't even respect them. Like, yeah. like there's blatant we make a mockery disrespect. of them. Yeah, it's blatant. And disrespect. I will not stand for that. No, no. Like you, you if if you don't want to believe in anything, that's completely fine. That that it's yeah, in your I'm own a, right. I'm a proponent of free will. Yeah, but do your thing. The second you start like mocking God and stuff like that, yeah. it's like, dude, come on, come on. Like this is, this is not. <laughs> I don't know. See, I, just... I've been working to strengthen my relationship with God. And I think yeah. it's had a profound impact on my life. Yeah. You know? Because it makes me feel more aligned and in, in touch with the work I'm doing when I when, when I have a, a divine purpose behind it. I like that. Rather than just doing it. Yeah. I like that. Let me pause for one second. I just got to go get my charger. Yeah, send it, bro. Yeah, out of every guest I had, no, especially talking about pyramids. Yeah, bro, we're getting into pyramids. God, holy shit. Sound like a Rogan podcast. It is. See, it's mids only. There we go, dude. Bro. Honestly, I might have to change the logo up there. We're on some mids only time right now. Where do we go from here?
I don't know. I think it just rolls. That's how that's how we do it now. I think what's going to happen is we're going to talk about half the stuff we wanted to get to, and then we'll have to do a mids only one. Yeah. That's what's going to end we're up. We're going to have to run it back. Because I have a couple couple guests that I'm like rescheduling with because we have more. Like the psychology, I had a psychology major. He's one of my best friends. And we have one scheduled next week, and it's going to be another two hour long psych- psychology podcast. Yeah. See, bro, like they always go longer than I think. Way longer. Way longer. Like you finish. And you're like, wow, that was two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And we just didn't stop. Like, what What are we at now? I couldn't even tell you. One, an hour 30. Yeah. Like, it's wild, bro. Like, I, so a point I make all the time on my episodes, too, is when do you ever get to sit down and talk to someone uninterrupted for this long nowadays? Mm-hmm. You don't. Nope. Doesn't you happen. You don't, which is the point I made earlier. Podcasting is such a unique medium. Right. It really is. And you get a t- – so – Something I love about your podcast is like you get various guests. Mm-hmm. I've had, and and this is I, I love everybody I know, everyone in real estate. But I've had like six six agents on here. How do you, how do you find all these various guests? <sighs> Interesting question. I, they're just people from my network. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a pretty extensive network in the area. Yeah, and I just know interesting people. And I mean, I'm not afraid to send a cold DM to someone and say. Hey, I think you'd be a great guest. Yeah. You know, I got into that a little bit. I have one tomorrow with, it's a virtual one with an agent from New York. Really? Um, See, I, I like to do it in person. I don't know if I'd want to do a zoom podcast. Can you still get stuff out of it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But I think there's, there's just a certain value from speaking to someone one-on-one. I agree. In person. Like we are right now. I mean, if I had the money, I'd travel over there. It's just, <laughs> I've, I follow this kid for a while now, and honestly, he's not like an influencer. He's, he's just he's, he's just like, God. How do we get to the caliber of those deals is partially my question. And I don't know the answer to that. You probably don't either. Dude. We're still so young in the game, which is why we always need to keep learning, right. reiterating, improving. Well, one guy I listened to. Because you can get to a certain point and not be able to break through that barrier. Until you learn one piece of information, all of a sudden you're That's right what it takes, it. just one, like uh-huh. one piece of advice. And there was this guy who, um, I don't want to butcher the name, so I'm not going to say it, but um, he was at an investor meeting we went to, and it, dude, it was a shame. What the hell happened? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. Um, as long as it's still recording. Yeah, no, it's recording. I was Works just looking at the TV. It was weird like turned off but um there was there was this guy who, who was at an investor meeting we went to you want to watch the barbie movie yeah let's let's get after <laughs> it i, I want to pop that on i don't know why it um why it popped off but you're always gonna have technical technical difficulties you know always do that's why i wish i had somebody like in the background who was just yeah like like on joe rogan a jamie yeah you need dude, a jamie you need a jamie Jamie, pull up the clip. Dude, I need that. I need that. You know what I'm gonna do with the But then you gotta pay someone to do it, you know? I'm no, I'm gonna hire a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm gonna do. See, I'm not at that point in my business yet where I need people to delegate tasks to. Eventually I'd like to get to a point where I will need to do that though. I think you I don't think you know when you're there. Uh Uh-huh. I think you're I think like you you don't think that you're there yet until you're like shit i'm there i die or like or or 
I don't even want to say it like that. It's, it's, I feel like it's, you get to a point where you don't realize that you need it until you get it. Yeah. And then it frees up so much more time and you can scale. Yeah, exactly. Or you do it when you don't think that you need it. Uh huh. Like, like I'm, I'm, I've had a few calls with virtual assistant companies because I, I might hire a cold caller or two. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not there in terms of like, ne- like the income and needing to necessarily pay somebody full time. But the other thing too, it's like, if whatever I pay this person is half what, or a quarter of what I make an hour, let alone like what I do in my, my self-employed world, but just like my active income world. Like if I can go make X amount during my day every day, and pay half of that to all my marketing expenses that are also taken care of throughout that time period. You know what I mean? It's like, then I'm still making money and I'm saving myself all that time. So when I come home, I don't have to do cold calls. I can still continue to build the foundation of my mm-hmm. business while somebody's doing that while I'm at work. Yeah. And then you can just go pick up those leads cause they're already in. That's what I mean. You know? That's what I mean. It's, it's like, like I can just, instead of doing the cold calls, I can look at my CRM and say, oh, shit. See, I think, got I think that's part of the cycle is yeah. first you learn the processes, the systems, perfect them. Yep. I think that's where I am right now. Yeah. Learning the processes, the systems, and perfecting them. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where you only have so much time and you can only do so much. So how do you scale? How do you scale? Right. You automate. You bring, You hire. You hire. You hire. And I, I think and I, those are new skills you have to learn. Yeah. Hiring. Like I'm not doing those yet. Yeah. Well, I think this steps to hiring. I think you hire internationally and then domestically. Like I'm doing, uh, I'm doing, uh, international VAs. Mm -hmm. So like, it's probably cheaper. Oh, well, that's what I mean. That's why, like if I hired somebody in America, I couldn't even afford to pay them. Yeah. But like hiring somebody over there, it's so much cheaper. So I I can justify hiring them because I'm buying back my time at a cheap rate. Yeah. And it's an interesting way of looking at it. So it, I look at it from that point of view. It's like, what am I like? I don't know. I, I look at it like you do yourself a disservice because a lot of people have to make that choice. Like, do I quit my job to pursue my business or and the only reason I don't is because then I don't make any income. It's like you can do both at the same time. It's like I want my business generating or building and generating all day long. But if I can't be there for eight of those hours how can I make sure it's still building while I'm not there mm. from the get go? Because the, the reality is you want to build a business that works and runs while you're not there systems. And, and systems. And I don't think that you should build systems after you've taken every job on yourself. Like I, I, there's another side to that. I'm big on, you can't tell the janitor how to sweep a floor before you've done it yourself. Agreed. Agreed. But at the same time, it's like, I think, I think you should build systems early in your business, very early. I think there's, there's things that you should delegate before you necessarily think you should. Hmm, that's an interesting thought. Because it's like, it's like what happens when you get to the point where, because business owners tend to become control freaks the more success that they have, right? Because then, then they get set in their own ways and they're like, my way works, my way works. If you set systems up early, number one, you buy back the time you, um, you 100% expedite your success. Number two, you never get to that point that you think everything you did was right because your success to that point had led up to on the backs of other people as well. So you can't take it all for yourself. Another point too is when that comes up, you're not scrambling to put those systems in place and doing a half-assed job at it. Mm -hmm. 
You know, if if you took the time in the beginning to perfect them, they're already there. Mm -hmm. They're already set. Rather than when you need them, you just throw something together. That kind of works. Yep. It's better to have it set ahead of time. Yeah, something my stepdad's always said is it's better to have it not need it than need it not have it. Yeah. And I it's hear like it all the time, but that's it's true. It's yeah. True. If if you can, if there's you a lot can, of platitudes that are so true, mm -hmm. you know, and they're and they're cliche. I don't like that word platitude, but that, I've never actually heard that. That's that's like a saying. I think I think that's the word for it. It's like a saying that someone says all the time, like uh, like a cliche. Yeah. Saying. Yes, a cliche. It's just a very that's another specific term for way it. to say it. And yeah, it, you know, it's like I hate those my biggest pet peeves when people say it's a small world. Like it's a small world if I see you in like Europe. And I wasn't expecting to, but I hate when I see people at the grocery store in my town and like, oh, what a small world. I'm like, we live in the same town. It's not a small world. <laughs> see, that that offends me because I say it's a small world all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, don't say it to me in a grocery store. But if we see each other in California, I'd be like, that's oh, a small right, world. that's a small world. Yeah. That, that's a small world moment. But <laughs> that's I, one of my go-tos, bro. Well, it, dude, it's great for like networking, bro. Like, like that's perfect. Like that, like those, those sayings, like, like yesterday, um, my mom answered the phone and put it on speaker, and it's like one of her lifelong best friends who's I, I call my aunt, and she was like, "I was like, oh, how you doing?" She's like, "Oh, you know, living the dream." I'm like, "I hate that." <laughs> like, dude, see, but those are like word tracks that we get sucked into, and they're scripted, yeah. and we use them all the time. It's like the "Hey, how are you? Good. How are you?" Right. Word tracks. Right. And I mean, scripts and word tracks can be helpful in a lot of ways, but you you don't want to overuse them. Right. Like when I'm talking to someone on the phone, I I want to come off personable. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like you like almost... I want to I want to relate to them. I don't want to just read from a script. That's when I'm thing. cold calling. I have my script there, and I'll I'll like kind of look at it, but you you got to know it. Right. You got to know like you really got to memorize it. Yeah. Um. And you have to be willing to think on the fly too. Because yeah. the conversation could go down a completely different path. And, and you got to be ready for it. For it. Yeah. And if you're way too into your script, then you you didn't think of – like you were so into autopilot that you didn't actually think of the content of what the other person was saying. You were mm -hmm. just responding with generic script responses. And so by the time they say something that's not the, – the response isn't on your script, it's like, wait, what were they even talking about? How do I answer this yeah. now? I don't even remember what they were talking about. See, the script is proactive. Yes. But you need to be reactive. Yes, absolutely. Perfectly put. Like you need to you, you need to make sure that your script is only a guide. Like this outline is just a guide. If I sat here, same thing with the podcast notes. Right. If I sat points. here and I said discussion points. All right, starting <laughs> sharing and no, who I yeah, like who wants to listen? You know what to I mean? That. No one wants to listen to that. But I can they want to listen to us talk to about pyramids and, and like like yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, I didn't. You're the first person that's ever added a note on here. So I didn't even think to look on it. Oh, yeah. It. What was that question? Yeah. I so I like so that question. Yeah. So this is perfect. So um, jumping back into the podcast topic, how do you blend your mids only lifestyle philosophy into your approach as a realtor? <sighs> I had an answer for this earlier, but it's gone now. Uh, I, I, I think I think it's it's like a lifestyle thing. Like I've kind of the persona I've given off throughout this whole thing is like go with the flow, fun guy. Goosey goosey straight shooter. Yeah. That that's that's the vibe I'm on. And kind of yeah. how I've been on for a little while now. So like people know who they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And like the same the same way I podcast, like just chopping it up, talking about serious stuff, but keeping it light. Yeah. Is the same way I go through a showing. You know? Chop it up. That's perfect. Talk about the serious stuff. 
yeah, I'm going to talk about that rotting floorboard and the mold right there and the potential for the roof caving in. But I'm going to make jokes about it. I'm going to be like, yeah, right. yeah, you might be having Thanksgiving dinner and your roof's coming down. Yeah, dude, I do that. Dude, I've had clients, though, that have been like, I feel like they've taken it as me dogging on the properties that they're seeing. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not trying to like dog on the property. I'm in so many words telling you this is not for you. Uh, I'm trying to make it like, but I've got, see, I've got I really vibe. care for my clients. Yeah. You know, you, you, but you have that, that, that I don't like you have, you have that genuine, like, um, like really personable type of, um, mentality or personality mm-hmm. that like, I don't as much. So I think that sometimes I could probably come off as a little more like just cold because a lot of my jokes are like crass jokes so huh. they come they come across as very serious sometimes like i'll make it's it because you're an analytical guy too yeah, yeah 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 sometimes i can i can make jokes like laughing but sometimes they're like out of left field type jokes yeah you know what i mean and they don't get it and, and some people <laughs> don't get it and i'm like oh. <laughs> then you gotta backtrack yeah yeah you're like i i, di- I didn't mean that i did not mean that horrible thing that just came out of my mouth <laughs> that wasn't horrible in my in my head but whatever we we all have our own our own way of doing things but no i, I like that yeah you, you it's there's just something about this podcast space that you know put aside like the medium of, of it just being being able to go raw right like just yep. raw um conversation and all the rest of the things that we talked about put that all aside like it just it's the new wave of getting content and the reason i started it actually well, there were a few reasons but the reason I even thought the idea of starting a podcast was I was like, I can't sit down and make 30 different videos so I can post every day. Mm-hmm. But if I make a two hour long podcast once a week, once a week, easy, you know how many clips I can get out of that. Mm-hmm. And that was the original purpose. And then I built the mission behind it. And now I don't even do the clips as much as I'd like. Neither to. do I. I've been slacking on the I've been clips, slacking. Bro. Dude, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I, I need to hire See, somebody. Yeah. But it's too expensive. And see, if I, and I don't just – I don't really see the reward from the clips either. Like a, if a view, yeah, great. Is it a lead? No. 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 It's not. No, and like you can't – I feel like you can't go for viewership on the podcast. No, you can't. You can't because it, it's it's like – I don't care about the views. No, what I What I either. want is dedicated viewers. Yes. Relationships. Yep. People that tap in and listen to my – my vibe, my wavelength, my persona for an hour. Right. Rather than watch a five second clip and forget about it. And I think it's a good way to like, like get to know Steve, get to know Tyler yeah, before sure. you know them. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you, I don't know. Like you have these ideas about actors and actresses and like, at least for myself, I never think that they're just they're genuine people. I always think that people are putting on a face. But with people who podcast, I don't think that. I do not think that they're because like you just hear mm-hmm. fuck ups during the podcast. Yeah. Like you hear, you know, people admit that they're wrong. You like you hear people at their very most authentic. So selves. raw, like yeah, I'll stutter. Right. Yeah, I'll say something that makes absolutely no sense. Right. Yeah, I'll run on a long sentence and just have nowhere to go with it. Yeah, exactly. And just be like, I have no idea what I was just about to say. Yeah. That doesn't get cut out. That stays. And I've had guests on here who are like, oh, you can cut this out. I'm like, no, it's staying. Yes. It's staying. Yes. Because it I'm like, to. I'm like, you don't want to come. We're not making a movie. 
we're chopping it up and we're posting it mm-hmm. so people can listen to our conversation. We're just trying to have a public conversation. That's all it is. I'll cut something out if like it's gonna ruin someone's life. So that's what I do. I only cut things out where. But it's I'm like, not gonna cut cut you out stuttering. No, it's staying. It's sorry. Staying. That's yeah. you. I almost want to like sign a waiver. Like, hey, any <laughs> mistake that you make aside from detriment to your life is staying. Like, if you say something like, like if somebody came on here and said some like wild out of pocket shit, I might be like, okay, I'll cut that out because that you know could get a whole community offended. Yeah. But like, other than that, yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't know. It just I think people appreciate that. I really think people because I do. I appreciate listening to a podcast and saying, I don't know this person, but I feel like I know them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know a little bar- a little bit about them, and I can trust them. goes back to that social proof thing. Yeah, I think it's the best way. I, I, I even think like the videos, like making videos that are scripted and posting them. Yeah, sure, it's great because you know what you're talking about, and maybe it's high-quality film, and it's something that's that's – content filled and, and it has purpose to be talking about and them. i think there is a place for those they're absolutely in, in the business they're very model. informative and and, and and it shows profession but in the i want to see a business, mix of, of of mediums though exactly right so you can see that somebody is very professional knows their shit in and out but is also personable. joe that you can go grab a drink with exactly and less even like who they are as a person but know that they are just a legitimate person yeah and what they come across as over the phone is what you're going to get in person. Mm-hmm. They're, like they're just, and it's huge too. And like not doing a solo podcast, but doing an interview podcast where you just get to shoot the shit with somebody. You see somebody in their natural social sense too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so like, I've had, I've had people on who like our personality types are either alike or very unlike. And like my, my voice has been completely dominated the entire podcast. Like mm-hmm. I don't get an ed- word in edgewise or the opposite. Yeah. You know see, I've mean? had both. Yeah. So, some episodes I need to carry more of the load. Sometimes you let the other person go because what they're saying is more valuable than what I have to offer. Right. Right. It's and I'm like, willing to recognize that on the spot. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to learn as you go too. And you need like, to have a mission. Yeah. Right. It's like if somebody's saying something that's beneficial to your audience and what you were about to add is not as much of a benefit, no one needs to say it, mm. right? Like, let them talk. Let them, because at the end of the day, I'm not doing this so I can sit here and play it while I go to sleep. Like, I don't want to. I don't even this. listen to my episodes. Yeah. No, I don't either. I don't have time for that. I, I, only I was do there it speaking it, so yeah, I know right. what I said. You know what's crazy, though? When I edit it, I go through, and I'm like, I know exactly what I'm about to say, which is crazy. <laughs> and it, like, I was doing it the other day. I'm like. You I got like an audiographic memory. Bro, it's crazy. <laughs> like I knew every word I was going to say. And I'm like, this was a two and a half hour long podcast. How do I know? Because you said it. Because I said it. And I'm like, that got me thinking too. It's interesting because it's like, I don't remember like the conversations necessarily. I remember some conversations, but not all of them. It's just human nature. We don't remember everything. But I'm like, where in my brain is that like audio um in in verbalization that i had Mm. if that's even a word where is that like ingrained in my brain i don't know the brain is a beautiful structure crazy doesn't make any sense we only use like i can't wrap my head around five percent of it yeah i don't know is that true i think it is i the only reason i say that is because a lot of our brain is used for motor function yeah so when they say we only use five what i think they mean is we only use five for our like mental and emotional Mm -hmm. um side of the brain and see i where was I going to go with that? I think uh, a lot of it is you get out what you plug in. And what I mean by that is the molecules that come into your body 
have an effect on what you what you use your brain for the food you eat whatever's in the water you drink caffeine Mm -hmm. nicotine thc lsd psilocybin yeah the psychedelic yeah so many different molecules that affect your cognitive function yep so at, at when you wake up in the morning your brain might be moving at a certain speed but as you go through the day and you eat that cheeseburger it changes the way your brain's reacting yeah you know it's what like i mean constantly maintaining or you drink a cup of coffee you're a little more in tune are you a big coffee guy oh my god i'm addicted to caffeine yeah it's ridiculous it's horrible it's horrible it's like, I, I, do, I do enjoy coffee though oh so you, oh no you guys are you guys are all celsius yeah we're on the celsius you're, you're hard, all celsius bro. i think i've had two today yeah i do three large cl- black coffees a day and i just get wired up and then crash and as i'm crashing i fall like falling asleep on my way to dunks and then i get it all and <laughs> wired again it's a, you ever it's take a, a caffeine nap? cycle a what a caffeine nap Oh, like a crash? No. So a caffeine nap is when you're tired. I'm not familiar. So it's when you're tired. You could be in a crash, but it's just when you're tired, you chug a cup of coffee and then you take a 20 minute nap. Oh, and then you wake up and you're on your game. By the time it hits you, you're up. So you already got a nap in and you're just wired. I'm a huge fan of the 20 minute power nap. Oh, dude. No. I'm, I I I'm used not, to live on the twenty minute power nap. I'm not because it doesn't turn into a twenty minute nap. <laughs> See, I I set like five alarms. You have to. I set I set five or six in the morning. Me too. But I set five six on my phone and then one. I have it's called the sonic bomb. Oh, and, that sounds dangerous. Oh, dude, it's it's like <laughs> it's so loud to the point where my brother used to come in my room and like slap me across the face and wake <laughs> the fuck up and turn this thing off. But it. I don't use it anymore, but it used to have a pad that went under and shake the whole bed. Oh my dude, that goodness. like I'm a deep sleeper, so like it's getting me awake is like impossible. But the caffeine naps are crazy because you just wake up wired. You know what? The, I, I might have to experiment. I don't know though. Tell me this. I used to be a big nap guy, and I had problems. I would get sleep paralysis when I would nap, huh? And lucid dreams, like crazy. I I've had a handful of experiences with lucid dreams i wish i was able to tap into them more so i feel like i get a lot out of them there is a way and it's dude they're i used i long long time ago years ago i did some research into it and i would like try and get myself to lucid dream and i just i didn't have success with it so i kind of stopped doing it it's you really got to be into it but like i've never been able to get myself to do it but i i looked at looked at it too and it's like you need to be like really into it but it's dude it's so beneficial Oh yeah. Like if you set yourself up the right way, you can tap into things like, and, and I'll bring this up because I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried to bring this up. I like here and there I'll smoke, smoke weed. And I'm glad you said that <laughs> breaking the ice. Of yeah. course. And so well, of course mids only. Is, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, in what I've noticed is some of my best psychological theories are broken down after I smoke. And I don't know why. I mean, there's there's obviously a number of different reasons, but it's I think it's similar to lucid dreaming, in that, you know, it's it's like it's like anything. Like I said, the molecules you consume put you in a different state of consciousness, yep. and allow you to think about problems differently. Yes. And it and do things differently. Yep. So, when you smoke weed and you get high, it it's, you you can wrap your head around stuff you weren't able to wrap it around before. 
that's that's what I mean. It's like a, a, a very complex topic is just broken down. The problem is I always forget it. Mm. So like I started like writing in my notes. Weed that, is not good for your memory. No, it's not. It's so, not. So it's like the, it's just tough because it's like, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to abuse it just like anything else. You don't yeah. want, you don't want to like turn into a pothead. But I definitely think there are times, j- just like anything else, there are times where it's it's good. It, it like like it's beneficial, mm. right? And, and I'm it's not, all about your relationship with that compound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're doing it all day every day, probably not good. And it's intent too. Intent's huge. Yeah. Like, are you doing it to avoid your problems, or are you doing it to think about your problems in a different way? Yep. That that's huge. Or like even people just. Like, I, for the longest time, I just did it to sleep. So mm. I just couldn't fall asleep. And I'm like, listen, I, I, it's 1 a.m. I got to be up in five hours. I got to fall asleep. Yeah, just knock me out. Just knock me out. But, but yeah, I just get caught up for, like, a half an hour thinking about, like, how Aristotle came up with his theories. Mm. And then hey, I break down. You ever heard of the stone ape theory? No. That's, like, Joe Rogan talks about it all the time. I keep bringing up Joe Rogan. No, but, but go ahead. But it's, like, uh... Like the monkeys, <laughs> is, I'm gonna butcher this. The monkeys started smoking pot and doing mushrooms, and that's how we evolved. That's that's the premise. It allowed them to think differently about their environment and problem solve. I wouldn't put it out of the picture. Yeah, something like that. But do, imagine though, imagine all of this was all from a bunch of monkeys just smoking. <laughs> who's who's to say it wasn't? Dude, that would be wild if we like if we had like, cause you so you know the. You know how you could go back if you could travel fast in the speed of light? You could see the Earth through a telescope in the past? Yep. Imagine, like, being able to do that and looking back and just literally seeing evolution happen. And some of these theories come to fruition. Like, I, like we're not – I don't think we're I, – I think that we're overthinking traveling the speed of light and concepts like that. Like, like you were saying about the stone and using the vibrations. I think it's more along those lines. Mm. How do we manipulate the light? Like Einstein, this is the coolest thing yeah, I've like ever a heard wormhole. about Einstein. Like a wormhole. Yeah. So Einstein thought a lot about that. But one of the coolest things about Einstein is he would go into a trance. So they actually don't – there's this weird theories about Einstein too, like that he's not human. Because they said when, mm. they, when they studied his brain, it was um, – he was like he was eighty when he died, and it showed zero percent deterioration, and they had never seen that wow. in anybody ever. And it was like twice the size of the normal human's brain, huh. zero deterioration. But the other thing they said is he would lay on his bed, or this may have been a different philosopher, but um, so they all all these crazy philosophers had different ways of getting into this trance state where it was like a like a hypnosis state. And Einstein would picture himself riding on the wave of a light beam. And that's how he would See, come up I with can't his even theories. Wrap my head around this stuff. That's bro. what I mean. But it'd be like lucid dreaming in a in a way. In but he'd be like standing on a wave of light. Conscious lucid dreaming. Yes. Not even con. Well, conscious, but not. Con- yeah, it'd be like a trance state. So like he'd be, he'd be conscious, but he would be like hypnotized. There was this book I started reading like a year back. It's called Reality Trans Surfing. That's probably I, what it's based I, on. I made a couple chapters into it. And I kind of just never got never got around to finishing it. I might have to tap back into What's it. What's it called? Reality trans surfing. It, it's a lot of these theories that we're talking about, like really lucid trans. dreaming, consciousness. I'm gonna have to buy this because that that just already sounds. Yeah, just like, the name. Yeah, itself. yeah, that just sounds. Holy. You know, what my dad used to always say, "Is five bucks really for hardcover? Fifty-eight Damn, for paperback." I think I got it on the Kindle. 
31. Damn. Damn. Sorry, mama. I probably used your account. <laughs> um, something my dad used to always say is you can judge a book by its cover. Oh, yeah. Because if they're not going to put something on the outside that's good enough, the stuff on the inside probably isn't worth looking at. That's a good point. I think that can be said, too, for how we present ourselves as humans. It's so funny. And with the out. clothes we dress, the, the way we speak, mm-hmm. the way we relate to other people. Yep. If you can't do that at a surface level, what's underneath probably isn't any good. So it's funny you say that because I actually have a reel that I'm posting in an hour. Uh-huh. That is that. For, it, it's first impressions, but it's it's – um. It's like pe- people think that the first impression is the first thing that you say, and I'm, it, it's so That's wrong. a small piece it, of it, it, maybe. I don't even think it is. I think that people judge you um, upon the first glance, and the, fir- the first image they have of you is whatever emotion that invokes, it's now your job. If it's a negative emotion, it's your job for an indefinite amount of time to reverse that emotion. Yeah. And, and you never want to start off from a place where you need to work to get to baseline. If you start yeah. at, at below you baseline, start the ball. no. And so, like, the biggest thing I tell everybody is, if nothing else, you could be the ugliest motherfucker on the planet and have, like, the most raggedy clothes. If you could just get yourself into the gym and just get your body to look presentable, that shows a lot about your habits. Mm. It's huge. Like, it's – like. If you, you know, I'm not even saying you need a good physique. You just need to look like you're in shape. Yeah. So people know this person. At least look well. like you're trying. Look like you're no. trying. And I think the gym's a good way to do that because the gym is very challenging. It's a mm. very challenging place if, if you put the work into it. It's where you can build mental toughness. Forget the muscle. Oh, hell yeah. Showing up every day. That's what I did. That's I, the battle. That's why I went. Just yeah. for the mental reasons, let alone the physical. But it's like, that shows a lot about somebody. You, I mean... I like I've always inherently just had more respect for somebody who is in good shape. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah. Across the board. I mean, or that's athletes. Just, that's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. If I don't want to offend anyone, but like, if you're fat, that shows a clear lack of self-respect. Yep. I say that in the real. I say I talk about fat people, so it's like I, I don't I don't care to say it. Listen, I got love for everybody, but your appearance does matter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm not saying some like I'm not saying you can't be thick boned. I'm saying if you walk thick up, boned. yeah, I, I mean thick boned is different. Like somebody who is just he's got big bones. <laughs> he's got big bones. Like, but you know, you you see somebody like um, like just some of these huge like like linebackers or something. You know what I mean? Like they're just big dogs. Yeah, yeah. It, but like they can like put on a suit and still look like they're in shape, yep. even though they're just big. I'm talking about the dude. Who's, who has to get a triple XL shirt, not because of their height, but because their stomach is is actually I saw one guy, he was um he had a plate of food on his stomach one time. Wow. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> that is such like a I I don't I honestly I was at a loss. I had no yeah. idea what to say. You got to present yourself accordingly, yeah. especially when you're in sales, customer service. I don't know if you know who Andy uh, Andy Elliott is. Oh yeah. I'm, I've been consuming his content like crazy lately and he preaches first impressions mm-hmm. like you were just talking about with your reel. Someone's already got an opinion on you less than three seconds before they see you yeah. after, after they see you. So you got to bring the energy. You got to give them a big smile. 
He's always like, hey, how's it going? Hope you're having the best day of your life. Blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. Like, you got to bring the energy, mm-hmm. especially when you're meeting a client for the first time. Shake their hand with a firm grip. Oh, Smile yeah. at them. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. More than the words you say. It's, if someone feels like they can trust you, they will work with you. Yeah, it's it's your aura. Yeah. It's more about aura. It's like the persona you give off. And like, like It goes back to vibe, frequency, vibration. It's all stuff. of it. And it's stuff we can't see. It's all of it. And that's why like some... – Like you can tell if someone's good intentions. Oh, I don't know. yeah. I can, oh, yeah. I can just sense people. Oh, yeah. You, know? you can pick them out of the bunch. And that's – the, the more successful you get, the better you get at that. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why you, you develop a sense a for it. Cover. Yes. Because you see somebody and you say, I don't need to waste my time with them. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm done with this teaser. This yeah, is, I don't care. Yeah, this is kicking off. Um, like, you, yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to give everybody a chance if you get that feeling. And usually, your intuition's right. Mm, it really is. More often than not, your intuition's correct. You should trust your intuition. I'm big on it. No, Andy's cool though. Remember the video he took? He made the guy take his shirt off, and he's like, "Are you happy with this?" Did he really do? Oh, that? you never saw the video? No. So he, oh, that's wild. He pulled somebody up. He made him take his shirt off, and he actually wasn't even like too fat. He just had a lot of love handle. Uh huh. You know, he had some <clears throat> some cleavage, but you know, dude, whatever. I'd love to go one of to one of his live events. I actually the way he I booked teaches, a call with really. Their, I, I I'm following up with them in a week. I kind of want to do it, not the live event right away. I wouldn't mind going to the library. Bro, you want to go out to Scottsdale? I'll do it. <laughs> no, Nobody's ever wanted to do stuff like that. I would 100% go out. Let's send it. Let's do it. I'm with it. I'll just get, I'll just have him like, bring it over. Tell me what I'm doing wrong, dude. Like, See, dude, but like he puts people on the spot. That's what you need. And he doesn't care. He's so confident. You, you could throw anything at him and he'll handle that objection. Right. That's to the point I'm trying to be. I want to be so competent. And so confident that someone can throw any objection at me and I can spin it right back around and give it right back to them. Yes. And in, in, in those situations, you actually, I think the trick is to release all the pressure. Pretend you're in your own world for a minute because it's like when you have the pressure and you're put on the spot and you're trying to think of something on a whim, you can't do all three at once. Mm. You need to remove something, right? Because you need to think on a whim. And you need to give them a response in a timely manner. Yeah. But you, you can't just be, be, uh, 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 uh. Right. And, th- and you do that because you have so much pressure. It's like, no, remove the pressure for a second and remember what you're trying to do. You're trying to give this person a legitimate answer up front quickly. Mm-hmm. So you can either close the deal or just provide them more information so that they can get closer to closing the deal. And, you know, it's it's a skill set. And it's like, it's a lot of mental. I, I really think like his training camps are crazy like that oh yeah they beat the hell out of you and i would leave there with so much like positive i mean this is the best way possible positive shame like like i'm not shit i need to Mm. i need to pick my shit up and then you go back and you 10x your business that's what i mean it's it's like it's all for a good purpose yeah you're not doing it so that you can get ripped apart you're doing it so that you can become a more competent business person mm-hmm. and bring value. Like we were talking about, like you always got to be willing to learn. There's always more to know. Always. Yeah. Never stop growing. Always. Yeah. Yeah. You're a lifelong student. Straight up. I love it. I love it, dude. Um, we covered a lot of, a lot of the shit in here. Yeah, bro. We'll have to get a mids only going though. We'll run mids only. Do you do uh you do like a question at the yeah, end, right? I do. Yeah, that's what I was looking forward to yeah. most, bro. Yep. So, I, I I can't steal that idea from you though. That's so unique to you. 
I think it's I think it's phenomenal. Take though. it. I, I I took it from a podcast. I oh heard. really? Yeah. Oh that's funny. Yeah. I, I, I think it's great. Like like if you want to bring value out of people, go ahead, mm-hmm. dude. I I love it because it it gives people an opportunity. It puts people on the spot too. Not you because you knew about it. So yeah. You probably th- already thought. Yeah. Because I listened to an episode. Yeah. So you probably already thought about it, but like a lot of people don't. So yeah, they have to think them of off a question. And, I mean, and whatever question you're about to read to me too. Yeah, yeah. I got no idea. I don't even – I think I made a mistake telling you who my last guest was. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I don't know. All right, perfect. In one ear, out the other. Perfect. So, my last guest asked two questions, actually. Okay. So you get two to answer. At what point is enough enough, and would you relax or continue to push for more? Depends on the way you look at life. You can get to a point where you have enough, and you're happy with it. And you can say, okay, you know what? I got everything I need. Let's tap out. Let's just enjoy this ride for as long as we can. Or you can go and go and go and never give up. And I don't know which camp I fall into. I'm still so young. Yeah, it's early to tell. Yeah. Do you think- I mean, I like to think that I'm always going to go, 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 go. But at a certain point you only got one life you know you gotta enjoy it well it depends on what you're shooting for too yeah i'm a big proponent of what i i like to call immeasurable goals and it's just essentially setting goals that like they have no definitive end so it's like i i'm not gonna instead of setting basing my whole business endeavors on making it into a nine-figure business instead i'd rather be mission driven where it's something i can wake up for day in and day out and maybe enough is enough when i hit 100 mil but that doesn't mean I'm not going to still carry out my mission of creating a high quality product, right? I might mm. just stop growing at an immense rate. So, this th- it's a variable question. That's a great question, though. Yeah. Who who left that one? I'll tell you after I ask the second okay. one. Oh um, shit! Have I you... thought that was both of them. No. Okay. No, no, that was that it. was the one. Let's go. Um. Oh, my handwriting's bad. So I say pa- okay. Have you ever chosen passion over health? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. What do you think about that? If you want out-of-the-ordinary results, you have to make sacrifices, and sometimes you have to sacrifice your health. Yep. Imbalances. I agree. I'm a little bit on the other camp. Like we talked about with the time scale, balances. Yep. Like, I'm willing to sacrifice my youth now so I can enjoy my life. Right. In that previous question, I think – you know, I think I fall more into the camp of at a certain point, enough may be enough. And right. let's just let's just enjoy this for what it is. The fiscal side of it. Yeah. Right. Because like I said, the, there's, there's the mission side where I think when you build a business. Yeah, see, the mission, mission, I will never give up on the mission. Right. But at a certain point, like, it's just money. You got everything. Yes, you need. exactly. So like, yeah, financially, that's what people confuse. It's like, I'm never going to stop growing my business. It's going to be for the right reasons. I yes. may hit a point financially where not, I say I'm done. Not just for the money at a certain right. point. Right, right. But I'll never stop growing it because I think I think it's a, the bad, a bad thing to do is to stop growing. Because if you stop growing your company, then you didn't believe that it had enough impact. Why would you strip something yeah. away from people that has an immense impact on mm-hmm. people? So if you build it on the premise that it's going to have such an immense impact that it would be detrimental to pull your business away from society, then – Number one, you have the pressure you can never stop. Maybe it's not you that's the operator anymore, but you need to make sure that whoever is put in place carries out your mission as well. But furthermore, I think it gets you farther along when you have that idea that this is a Japanese-type business. This is going to last 
800 years like the mm. oldest company in japan is like 1300 years old that's crazy they build they they're um they don't do quarterlies and they don't do decade goals like like they you know they set their their horizons and, uh-huh. and they do their forecasts for quarter year five years ten years the japanese they they don't even like they don't even look it's a different philosophy it's a different philosophy they, they don't even acknowledge a quarter they don't even acknowledge huh. a decade they do things on hundred year horizons that's more than a lifetime for some people. That's wild. They have like, I want to say, two or three thousand companies that are over five hundred years old. That's insane. Unreal. And they build. That's older than the United States. Yes, they're ancient businesses. And imagine how they've had to change over time too. Because there's no way. The... There's no way they're still selling the same product. No, no, they're like, not. Absolutely no shot. Well, like if it's if it's a food product, then yeah, they're see, always selling thing. it. But, but the business has to evolve, otherwise it's gonna die. And I think that I think that goes along with the mission of, of like I'm not building this for quick wealth. I'm building this to be adaptable. I'm building this to be like a malleable business. Yeah. And that goes with what I was saying with adding the systems in place early. I'm building this so it's malleable when I get to the point where I need to pivot, I can pivot quick. I'm not gonna be the type of guy that's market turns into a shit show and now i'm no longer an efficient operator as one person that i need a team i want to make sure that i can when i need to pivot i have a team behind me that's put in place and we can all pivot we yeah. can move around we're like we're like like plato you know what i mean that makes sense so that's the goal um that was it's fascinating Waylon. that was Waylon who asked those questions wow those were good and i just kudos be, to him yeah yeah he, he thought of a couple good smart ones. guy yeah he is he's taught me so much Dude, I was just sitting here fascinated. I met him last year, and his growth in the last 12 months has been insane. That's how I'm trying to be. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that guy. He's he's really making something of himself. Um, And just the other thing, too, because I I didn't even get to this, but um, just, to, just for the, so the audience knows, you so you started out – I'm going to start from when you started bartending, mm-hmm. right? And – what was what was the sort of that that journey if you want to just kind of summarize it from that point to now like in terms of getting your license and and why you got your license how you got involved I mean obviously money's always a factor but I I, I want to help people you know and the bartending it can be slimy work you know you just get them drunk right it's not fun that's not helping a mom and her two daughters get into a place right. for housing. It's a, it's a different feeling. But, I mean, obviously it's money-driven to a certain extent, but that's that's not why I do this. Um, the reason I got my license, too, is I was looking for direction. Um, I dropped out of school, and for that year I just put my head down and worked and worked and worked. And then all of a sudden Josh shows up at the bar one night, and it's like, oh, blah, 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 what do you do? What do you do? He's like, oh, I'm in real estate. I'm like, oh, I've kind of thought about getting my license. So I do it. And then I get into the office. And it's great. I feel like so much of it has just fallen into place. Yeah. It's like I didn't even have to try for it. It's just fallen into my lap. Right. A lot of it. But at the same time, I did work for this. I did strive and try and reach my goals. Right. You but look at it from like that big picture and you're yeah, like. A lot of it's just it just happened. Right. You know, I woke up and I'm here. And what was that barrier of entry like for you? Just getting into the business, not even the license itself, but like, I think whatever you perceive is the barrier. I think my biggest barrier so far has been 
learning the processes and systems. Mm-hmm. I can do the people. I can do the customer service. Mm-hmm. The sales skills, some of it comes natural to me. Yeah. But learning like what a pre-approval is and <laughs> how do you submit an offer and yeah. learning the purchase and sales agreement, I think that was a lot of the barrier for me. Okay. And and at this point now, I'm beginning to get a firmer understanding of those systems and processes. And now the new barrier is how do we get high quality leads into the business? Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like the data that I'm working with. It's mm-hmm. like, um, it's expensive for data. Batch leads is cheap, but then you get into some of this data that's like thousand bucks a month and it's just for data, mm-hmm. right? Not even skip trace. It's just for addresses. You got to convert it. You got to convert it. So that's not, but the, but the part about it is like those quality leads, like you were talking about the viewership on the podcast isn't an issue. It's the dedicated viewers, right? It's like, it's the same thing with some, some of this data that I'm dealing with. And it's like, you have to pay the premium to get data that is, it's called predictive data and it's AI infused. And it just essentially predicts who's going to sell in the next year or not. And mm-hmm. it's ranked. Um, and usually they're right. Nine times out of 10, wow. they're right. That's um, incredible. They take like thousands and thousands of demographic points down to like the, the gym membership that you have. Wow. It's crazy. And I don't see that on the, on the consumer end in terms of the, uh, buying the data. Yeah, that's all their back end. It's all stuff. their back end stuff, and they buy this data from all different areas. Uh-huh. But like, whenever you hit like, like, um, w- whenever you hit accept the privacy policy, nine times out of ten, those companies are telling you're accepting them selling your data. Oh, and that's for another sure. income stream that I didn't realize from companies is they can just sell your data. Yeah, and like that's another way they make money. But the point I make there is like, I'd rather spend like twelve thousand dollars a year for data that is like the turn rate on that in terms of like warm lead is like 70 percent and send out a quarter of the mailers and spend all the money on the mailers and do it backwards right so when you were talking about quality of leads like this ways to look you gotta be willing to you gotta be willing to put up some some put up some dough and it depends you want to send out a shitload of mailers and or send out a fewer mailers to higher intent right it's like you make the choice and so it's that's an interesting point. Yeah. It, it, both ways work, right? If you want like exposure and you just, your face out there, then send out all the mailers, blanket mailers. But if you want to make sure that you're just optimizing your mailer spend, because the data works for a very long time, mm-hmm. the mailer, once you pay that, it's gone until you send another one and pay it again. But the data, you'll always have those data points for the rest of your life. Yeah. It'll always be there. So it's a one-time fee and then you get the data. So it's just something to think about. I, I think you oh, know, that's, that's a good avenue. That's great. But, um, yeah. So to answer your previous question, though, is like I said, I think a lot of it fell into place. Yeah. And I just kept my faith throughout the entire process. Like the blind faith. Yeah, exactly. And what was that like? Was that a confidence in you or was that just a, a shot in the dark hopefulness? Confidence in myself, knowing knowing that it's going to work out, um, but also trusting in the unknown. Yeah. Things just have a way of working out. They really do. The unknowns, like, it's scary. It's scary, but trust exciting. it. Trust it. Exciting. It's like it's you make what you want of it. It's like a, I don't know. I've always thought of like the unknown as like a super flat Minecraft world. <laughs> I, I, it's so dumb, but like I've always thought of it like three that. three layers of dirt and one a bedrock. Maybe a normal one. Maybe okay. Normal, but but yeah, just like endless opportunity. Just like you can make whatever the hell you want. Cause that that was my first exposure. Like all reality just being able to like go and do whatever 
the hell I want and build something out of nothing. It's like legitimately Minecraft, as stupid mm. as that sounds. I would just sit on there for hours. Oh, no, yeah. No, it makes sense. Because this thing we call life, it has a game-like quality to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm playing a video game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I spend my points, I gain experience, I learn new skills, and I reach new levels. That, yeah, it's, it's called a game. level up. It's a game. That's Yeah. It's like, it's like, did we steal level up from games or did we steal, or did games steal level up from us? You know what I mean? It's like, I look at it like we're the game, we're the original game and we just put it into technology. Mm. I don't know. We're on some, we're on some we talked about a lot. of Yeah. Stuff, we covered man. a lot of stuff. So now it's your time to shine. Uh, okay. I, uh, I asked this question to one of my guests on one of my most recent podcasts and I really do like it. Do you think Or here, we'll put it this way. Do you believe this statement? You either have it or you don't. And why? I asked that to Trevor on the last podcast. I thought it was I knew I recognized that. Yeah. You either have it or you don't. And what was that second part? And why? Do you believe that someone either has it or they don't? And why? Boom, mic drop. Dude, this has been phenomenal. Yeah. I appreciate no. the hospitality, inviting Absolutely. me into your home. Absolutely, man. Soon we'll be in like a match studio and it'll be a little closer to home for you. Right. So I'm with it. That's the plan, man. But anything else you wanted to cover, throw in? No, I'm tapped out, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Man. I think that was phenomenal work by both of us. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Both ways. Great meeting you, Steve. You too, brother.